we on the dugout. Lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Do it for your teammates, do it for the fan. Do it for your city, true ballers understand. You gotta work together, you gotta find a way. Put your body on the line and make that play. Be on the dugout. Lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Well, I'm really dugout. pleasant. Uh, 18th of June, Friday evening here, drive time. Great to have you along for Beyond the Dugout. Well, it's the big one. It's episode number 10. We've made double digits. I'm Jason Goobies, a.k.a. Chopper. And with me, of course, my man, Mr. Stylish, Mr. Smooth, is Damien Collins. Oh, thank you, brother. Kia ora, everybody. Thank you for joining us for episode X, episode 10 of Beyond the Dugout. Mate, double digits, we made it. I know, I know, you know, like you have kids and they make it to the teens. It's a big thing, they turn 13. I know it's not acne uh, when you get to 10, but it is double digits. It's a celebration, right? Absolutely, mate. And uh, hey, you know, I know we've had a couple more than 10 guests over the last 10 episodes, but uh, how would that softball team be? Um, you know, I know we're building the all time, but damn, our first 10, whew, they'd kill everybody, I reckon. <laughs> Yeah, pretty impressive indeed, man. Hey, let's, before we get on to talking a bit about the sport this week, let's just talk a little bit about the Bromhead sisters last week. How good were they? So good. Absolutely. It was awesome to sit down with them in Auckland uh, a few weeks back and actually finally release uh, their their story. Uh, I got to listen to it, as I do a few times in person and editing, and there was always a little uh, snippet that I pick up on everything each time, and, and they were no different, eh? and they were just special to have all three of them at, at once uh, getting the story. I, I love their story, to be honest with you. The first sisters ever, three sisters at one time, representing New Zealand, uh, in softball, and uh, uh, man, that's a magical story. Not just for them, but their family, their mother, friend, you know, their whole their whole ball club. Really, it's a magic number. Um, well, yeah, mate. We talk about every episode. Eh, there's been a family connection, whether it be you know the the parents getting in, or brothers, or twins, or or whatever you know. Like, um, it, but yeah, three. History makers, you know, history makers, yeah. regardless of how many games, that's history. It's in the books and fantastic ladies to have the history with. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And of course, uh, this week, the fastest prop here got uh, revealed. Uh, and Bex, fast as fuck, yeah, boy. <laughs> fast as fuck, yeah, boy. <laughs> oh, mate, Bex is awesome. All right, that was pretty cool. And thank you to um, the Wara Sports Bar and Scuppy and the team down there looking after us and looking after uh, Arohan Dordor. Uh, the winner of the $50 bar tab at the Warrior Sports Bar. So congratulations to her, and hope she enjoys her night out on the boys. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a good one. Okay, before we get on to our guest this week, man, we've got a really good guest coming up. Uh, let's just wrap up the sport here locally, man. Uh, quickly, let's go with uh, the Trans-Tasman Rugby. When you're when you're, it was a foregone conclusion. going to be two Kiwi sides in the final. But for once, it's not the Crusaders. Yes. It will be Auckland taking on the Highlanders coming up this sad day here in Auckland. Sorry, what, and all our brothers down south. But yeah, no Satyrs in the final. Oh, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> no Satyrs. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. You know, it, it always happens though, right? And to be fair, it's a, it's a, it's a cat tip. Uh, a tip of the cap to the Crusaders Absolutely. for being so good, man, for so long. Uh, so that was uh, kind of a, kind of a cool thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, good on the Blues. 
uh, you know what? For me, I think it's the Highlanders. I thought the Highlanders started the the Aotearoa uh, rugby season so well. Uh, they they petered off towards the end of it, but they've now bounced back a bit. So it's going to be a goodie, man. And I, I'm thinking about going to the game actually. So we'll soon see how that develops on Saturday uh, Saturday night. Oh, lucky! Enjoy it, mate. If you do, yeah. I'll tell you who I'd love to go and watch, man, is the Warriors. Mm. The Warriors, as we know, they're sitting tied in that eighth position on the ladder at the moment, the halfway mark, the cut of the mark. But we're only round 15 of 25 before we get to the playoffs. But they have Newcastle this week, a good side, but also a good opportunity for the Warriors to get back on the winning uh, side of the ledger. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I know you're a big fan, so you'll be you'll be counting out the, the days to the homecoming in August, I'm sure. Yeah, man, looking forward to that. I mean, I think the, the, you know, the whole of New Zealanders, especially yeah, Aucklanders are. The Butch, man, he, he I bet you he's frothing at the mouth the opportunity. Oh, so uh, uh, I haven't seen the Butch pop over the ditch yet um, for a match. I'm sure that's probably on the cards as well. Oh, yeah, well, you know, he's uh, he's enjoying his little peace and quiet in, in Waiheke. Yeah, so, um, yeah. you know, I, I know he'll be he'll be counting down the, the days as well. Sure, indeed. So the Warriors are taking on Newcastle this Sunday at 5pm. They're over at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle, so that should be a beauty for you to tune on into. Major League Baseball, man, the story hasn't really changed this week. Teams are just progressing. But I'll tell you the thing that sticks out for me. If we look at the National League West Division, San Diego, who have got the star-studded team, are five and a half games back at the moment. If the season finished, they don't even make the playoffs. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and they, and of course all the talk about Tatis, but uh, you know you need the team to be good, not just one individual. So uh, you know, best of luck to them. Obviously, Don Trickers with the San Diego, so we really hope they do make the playoffs uh, right. for sure. So, um, so yeah, it's it's the same. The the ladder hasn't really changed. San Francisco, the amazing team, is is leading in the West uh, Division. Uh, Tampa Bay, we talked about last week, uh, doing really well. Oakland have continued to do well. They are ahead of Houston Cheetahs. <laughs> playing oh, three, oh. three games uh, so that's that's a good thing Chicago White Sox we always knew they were going to be good this year so yeah it's interesting as we as we go we're only a few weeks away from the All-Star break so uh, that's the halfway mark of the Major League Baseball season so a lot, lot still to come there while we're in the States bud NBA NBA mate we've got seven teams left you know one one of the Western finalists is picked of course I picked the Suns last week to go all the way and they did a clean sweep of the Nuggets well of those seven teams left mate only three of them have won an NBA title before and only once the Hawks in 58 the 76ers in 63 or in 83 and the Bucks in 73 Four other teams have never won a title before. So, mate, we talk about the league being in good hands and going forward. They're all pretty much neck and neck. It's either 3-2 or 2-2 at this yeah. point point in time. So the Suns are going to get a wicked rest, which is you know debatable if you if that's good in playoffs. You want to be playing it every day and, mm. and CP3s mm. and uh, isolation with their COVID procedures at the moment. So... Um, but exciting times, man. Four new, could be four teams, you know, at the moment, new champions. So, no, that's, that's awesome. Very, very cool, man. Very cool. Got to, got to, got to, I mean, I got to ask you this question, man. It went viral this week. Oh, of course. You talked, you talked about the Suns. Uh, Suns and four. Up the, cleaning up the nuggets, man. Uh, but uh, there was this viral video of this fan of the Suns. And, like, normally, you know, any fight, let me take in the olden days, always take the high ground, right? High ground normally wins a fight, right? Whether it's a battle, it's in the army or whatever the case. This dude is by himself. 
He's in a lower row in the grandstand. Two dudes, <laughs> two dudes from the Nugget fans are like higher than him, and they try to take him on, and he just pummels them. <laughs> Did he? What I like? You've been seeing um, a lot of fan videos at the moment. There was a fight in the car park a few weeks back at the Dallas game, and it was like three dudes all wearing Mavs Doncic tops, you know, fighting each other. But this week, yeah, the dude um, um, Nuggets. Uh, Sorry, Suns and four. Game four in Denver. Two dudes and so cheaply as well. Try to yeah. try to scrag him. And then um, one, you see one um, stealthily put everything in his pocket. And then bam, goes with a cheap shot and then just gets owned. I th- I'm pretty sure he broke his <laughs> nose, everything. So, yeah, the Suns he dude stood. his head down. Oh, like, man. Head's over his head. He's like, I should not have put my phone in my pocket. <laughs> no I way. should have just left. Just left. And they did. They ran away pretty quickly. But what was even better is, like, um, the Suns players, you know, because he stood his ground in, in foreign territory, you know, the Suns players all tweeting the video, like, get me my man's details, you know, De- Devin Booker, um, Tory Craig, who was part of the Saints in the NBL MVP a few years back. Um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, they get behind everything. They're pretty passionate over there, eh? Yeah, he sure is, dude. He sure they sure are. So uh, fantastic. Oh, uh, lastly, man, how about the uh, Sales NBL? Sales NBL is in, in good stead as well. The Southland Sharks are still on top with a few games um, that they've played extra. So I, I think it goes on. The standings are at wins at the moment. So they're they're. Yeah. Um, you know, nine wins, three losses. Our Saints, uh, they're eight wins, one loss. But, um, you know, it's a big weekend. We've got the Hawks Bay Hawks uh, for, for the first time Ooh. this season. Hawks, are, you know, they're there and thereabouts. And then on uh, that's Friday in Hawks Bay as well. Um, so that should be a great encounter. And then back back home to TSB against the Ears on Saturday. And uh, Lara Andrews is my guest on, on the weekend with my tickets this week because her nephew's in nice. the Ears. So, um, yeah, the family's going to come down and support the, the Neff. But, uh you know, they're in they're in our territory, mate. It's never easy at TSB, mate. Last weekend, <laughs> last weekend we were tied. Like it was it was tight going into the halftime. It was tight, and and one or two Jets they came to play. They had a unlucky injury in the second. One of their one of their young stars went down, uh, hyperextended his knee. It was pretty ugly. But um, yeah, the third quarter, our boys came out and smashed like twelve threes. It was like forty three points. In the third quarter, we doubled our score in the third quarter. So you can't sleep on us in that third quarter, eh? <laughs> Boom. Wicked. Yeah, when they put their foot down, bro, we almost push that pedal right through the floor. So, yeah, congratulations to them, buddy. I'm all fantastic. Hey, Mate, this week, I do the- want to bring up yeah. one thing before we get to this week. I do yes. have to ask because, you know, you're in Auckland. You hear you hear a lot about sport and everything. I've got to bring up, and I don't want to, but I do, America's Cup. It's going yes. offshore. There's a lot of government money that goes into that team, mate. And if they're going to go offshore, what what are they getting any of it for? Mm, good point. Did you say Grant Dickhead? I mean, Dalton <laughs> was the uh, CEO of that organisation. I can't believe it, to be honest with you. I honestly Bro. can't believe it. For the amount of money that uh, New Zealand taxpayers have happily like allowed the million into that organisation... You know, over the years, I'm, yeah. I'm not just talking about the last campaign, yeah, but yeah. over the years, crazy. It, it, it's like, and because and, that's the tough thing here, right? 
that's a private organisation that bids to race uh, for, for that cup. Weird. And uh, the government is funding a private organisation for it. And the private organisation, in this case, has the right, if they want, to take it any way they like, anywhere they like. Mm. Um, but boy, oh boy, man, I mean, yeah, you ask me, it's like, if you're wanting New Zealanders to keep on supporting you, I <laughs> Be New Zealanders. Absolutely. Imagine imagine our Black Sox getting a heap of money and then just going and setting up for 12 months in the States. Like just, yeah. I mean, I know it'd be awesome for their game, but, you know, you want to see, your, if we're paying for it, we want to see them in our backyard. So if they go offshore, they have to lose that funding. They have to. Yeah. Look, look, look you, that, even within that America's Cup series now, they have events are staged around the world mm. in the lead up to it and the years leading up to yeah, it. So it, it already does that anyway um, for the event. And look, when we lose it, we don't get it, right? Yeah. Hey, when we lose the America's Cup, we don't get to host it. Yeah. So <laughs> I know we've been lucky and we've won a few um, over the last kind of decade or so or whatever it's been, a couple of decades, but but still, it's a, it's a, it's not that easy to win. It no. surely isn't. So, uh, and the the one reason why they're winning, man, is the amount of money that we pump into their system. Exactly, a big time. They've got some great sponsors. Don't get me wrong. Emirates have been fantastic. I remember the um, uh, the other couple that we've had, Toyota and people like that. They've been great sponsors, and mm. and thank you to them. But the big big sponsor has been New Zealand government, the taxpayer. Absolutely, your yeah, rates will go yeah. up even more, bruv. <laughs> Just pay that oh well, that's the that's the only time temp. I'll get political on it, unless we're yeah. talking about retiring numbers or something. Was that a segue? <laughs> Was that a segue for us? Well, it could be because you know coming up this week is you know arguably one of the goats of our game. Absolutely. It is Thomas Markey and Larry Man from Hooks Bay originally. Oh boy, oh boy, he has touched softball diamonds all around the world. Yeah, you talk to anyone about Larry and they talk very highly. Like, I've got a few mates that uh, have absolutely idolised him over the years. I saw Sean, Sean Taylor's comments on, on our post this week. Uh, you know, Crispy gave me a word this week. You know, they, these are people that have, have met him, watched him very closely, you know, and sometimes been in teams. And not one person, eh, they've got a bad thing to say about him. And you, that's just, that's off the diamond let alone his accomplishments on the diamond. So, yeah, this this one's the this is going to be awesome. You know, he reminds me, him and Jared Martin are so, so mm. similar as far as they're one of those people that don't talk about themselves, man. They just go out there and get it done. And then when they get it done to the highest level, they're not jumping around in your face, yeah, we won, man, I'm the best in the world. Nah, nah, they don't do that. I'm sure they celebrate with a couple of nice beers and a good guitar song and with their mates and things yeah. like that to, to the wee hours of the morning. But, man, they're so humble about it, the way they go about their game. They're not people that pimp it. They, you know, when they hit a home run, they don't throw the bat up in the air and stuff, man. They just put it down, make the trot, and, you know, thank their lucky stars that they got themselves a run. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well said, mate. Well said. And it's um, people like that that, you know, we're pretty, pretty stoked to have people like that in those positions that Larry has had over the last few years. I know he stepped down as, as the junior, but um, mate, we'll, we'll get to talk about that good tenure where, you know, he came in after a, a few in and outs uh, over the seasons to give our juniors that stability and, and what a person to get that stability from as well as uh, jazz, like you were, you were mentioning. Well, fantastic. Let's get to him. Uh, Thomas Mark, you can't wait to find out how you got the name Larry. <laughs> of course, number 21, will it be retired? It should be. Let's find out. Let's go. 
Oh, Hawks Bay's born and bred. It's Thomas Mark here, 20 years veteran of the Golden Homes Black Sox and pretty much won everything throughout New Zealand, not just as a player, but now as a coach. He joins us on the couch here at Beyond the Dugout. Thomas, aka Larry, mate, welcome to the couch. Cheers, Chopper. Nice to be here. Thank you, Damien. Thank you, bro. It's great to have you here, man. Number 21 is in the house, Damien. He sure is. Are we already throwing out numbers to be retired by Sopple New Zealand? Oh, too early? Wow. That was like uh, two minutes and 30 seconds. He's already on to that number should be retired. And I tell you, there's a, there's a handful. I'm, I'm, I'm on a quest. Well, well to be fair, uh, Thomas, um, before we get to talk a little bit about your background and stuff, man, they, when people in the Sopple circle in New Zealand especially think about 21, instantly they think about Thomas Markia. So, that number has become synonymous in softball New Zealand. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's probably a, a special number that I've, I've worn over the years, um, not only in New Zealand but uh, throughout the world and in the States and, and, and playing their leagues over there. And, um, you know, probably something quite simple. I, I couldn't get my, my uh, number that I wanted um, when I first made the New Zealand team yep. back in, well, for the first World Series anyway, which was number 20. So Marty Grant had that, but... Uh, you know, 21 stuck, and uh, I was actually 21 at my first World Series, so hence why I wear 21. Fantastic. There, there's the story behind 21, Damien. Usually. So maybe you can uh, build a case on how uh, maybe 21 should be retired in New yeah, Zealand. It's, it's going on the list. Okay. For sure. Well, uh, Tommy, uh, man, let's start on the right foot here, buddy. Uh, of course, great to have you along here uh, beyond the dugout, man. No here, queer. Bro, where are you from? What's your heritage? Uh, from Hastings. Uh, parents, Tom Markier Sr., uh, mother... Uh, Leslie Rowlands, uh, four brothers, one sister, and uh, sort of a big fan, well, fan really, uh, another two stepbrothers and stepsisters, so uh, amalgamation of a, of a couple of families. Yeah, fantastic. You, you mentioned your father, mate, uh, Tom Senior, uh, you know, obviously it comes from good uh, softball bloodstock, but it just, just loves the game, doesn't he? Oh, you're very, very passionate. Um you know, he he was a baller back in his day. Uh, unsure how how high honours he um, received, um, but uh, when I was I was young, I uh, used to go down and watch him pitch all the time. Yeah, uh, had a pretty nasty curveball. Yeah, yeah. So he reckons um, <laughs> a couple of heaters, a couple of dippers, and, and everything else. So uh, certainly learnt learnt our craft through him, uh, yep. under him, as you know, Chopper. Yeah, um, and also you know the, a few other boys back in the bay as well. Fantastic. Uh, uh, I've got to tell you, um, uh, Damien, uh, so I was lucky enough to grow up with Thomas uh, back in Hooks Bay uh, and really? Hastings. Yeah, I've talked about how his father was my uh, first coach. But the thing I want to tell you about him, man, and I don't want to throw him under the bus, but I kind of kind of am right now. He was so strict, man. Like, honestly, yeah. you missed a signal, bro. Watch out. <laughs> he had this thing from third base, and you're like, you missed a signal? He'd be like, hey. And you go like, oh, no, he's talking to me. Damn. Hey, oh, damn, he's talking to me. Do I have to send you a telegram? <laughs> Bro, loud as too, man. The whole park in here, and you're like, okay, I am never, ever missing a signal again. <laughs> probably, probably best. Yeah, pretty cool though, bro. Those those things though, man, you remember that and uh, wow. and it was a part of your upbringing, right? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, he pushed us, pushed us hard. Yeah. Uh, very, very tough, but. You know, to look back at it now, um, I think he'd done the best for us in the, in the end. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, certainly showing through now. The whole family was involved with softball too, your brother Koro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Older brother Koro uh, used to catch. Um, yeah. 
So we'd be out in the driveway, I'd be pitching and uh, Paul Kuro would be catching. <laughs> Probably, yeah, not many balls used to go, <laughs> go hit, hit the glove, but, yeah. um, you know, he, he was there. Uh, sister Leanne played softball too and younger brother Fabian and then Campbell and Williams. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, we sort of really didn't have any choice in terms of softball. We played a lot of sports back in the day, but, yeah. you know, at, at the end of the day, softball was the winner. Yeah, yeah, hard out. One of the fond memories I have, man. Uh, oh, sorry, your junior club. Obviously, I know. Share it with them. What was the name of your junior club? Uh, Dodgers Havelock North from uh, obviously Havelock, but uh, Hastings. So, yeah, yeah, very, very proud club up there. Um, sort of trying to get back uh, the numbers back in the game up there as well. So, you still uh, still see the the Dodgers um, name out there yeah. in the bay. Fantastic. Akina Park, man. When you were growing up, uh, you know what what did, what did softball look like? Uh, for us, it was uh, softball all day, really, and, and all night. Um, you know, I remember we, as kids, we'd go out there to the ballpark, play our games, you know, catch up with mum and dad and watch their games, and then uh, the kids would actually come out and play at night under lights, which wasn't the, the big spotlights that they have on the on the <laughs> diamonds. It was the, it was the outside, <laughs> outside light to the club room. So we used to play out there till, yeah. you know, late chopper and uh, yeah. you know, hone our skills out there. Yeah. Hard out, hard out. Um, one of the things I remember with playing with your dad, uh, sorry, playing for your dad, uh, was we'd play in a number of teams and we'd play up in grades all the time. Yeah, um, you know, certainly if I look back at it now, uh, done us some good, I think. Uh, you know, we used to take our hidings, we used to give teams hidings. And I think one of the things I used to remember that from that two chopper was when we were giving out hidings, he'd, he'd make us bat. Our opposite hand, yeah, yeah, just to wow. you know try and get the other team to you know score more runs, and we couldn't you know obviously hit, but you know a few years down the track we actually become you know, very very good hitters from the opposite side of the plate. Yeah, yeah, you were a switch hitter, man, coming through, eh? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and there was a start of it, you yeah. Know? And uh, I remember back in '93 when I I made the junior team, um, I was a switch hitter, so left and right, and um, I had to make a decision in terms of. Uh, what side of the plate I wanted to hit from, wow. and um, you know, I just chose my natural side, which is the right. So yeah, yeah had to had to make that tough decision. Uh, I still wanted to go left and right, you know. Yeah, right. nothing wrong with it. But I remember a coach telling me that you know, hey, you got to be one side or the other. Fantastic, man. I, I, one of the other things that sticks out from those junior times for me was, um, you know, it was a very much a whānau sport. We had family members making uniforms for club sides and. Everyone was fundraising. You, you know, Dad would drive the bus uh, to get us to tournaments and things like that. You know, everyone just helped out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad was the bus driver. He was the coach. Yeah, he was the manager, the referee. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was everything. So, so and, and like you say, you know, that the Fano come to help together as a team. You know, fundraising, everything, sausage sizzles and and whatnot throughout the throughout the region. And hey, still still going on today. Yeah, yeah. I remember this one tournament for Hawks Bay, Tom Senior was a coach of it. I think it was, I'm going to say under-17s, and it was in Timaru, I remember that. Never been to Timaru before. And uh, we flew into Christchurch, and he'd hired this bus, and um, long, like long 40-seater type coach uh, type thing. and uh, But it had a V8 in it, man, or something like that, and it just sounded amazing, eh? You should have seen these Māori boys riding in there out the windows, <laughs> like, check us out on the way there, right? It was me. Schooling life, St John's College? Yeah, went to St Mary's as a, as a primary school yeah. and then uh, after that went to um, St John's College in Hastings. 
front row, back row in the classroom? In the middle. Typical <laughs> 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 medical. Uh, I won't tell the story about me at Intermediate asking the teacher how to spell BMX. We won't go there anyway. But, uh, um, mate, other sports uh, you were growing up, what, what were you involved with? Oh, I played, played everything, you know, tattooed with everything, volleyball, basketball, rugby. Rugby was a big passion of mine. Um, loved rugby back in the day and and I sort of, yeah, had to make a decision really in terms of, of rugby or softball. Um, but probably back in the early 90s, rugby, rugby wasn't... Uh, Professional, so 94, 95, so I don't think they, they turned professional till 96 or something, so yeah, yeah it, was, it was softball, yeah. you know, otherwise if it was, you know, professional, could have been something different. Well, once it did go, was there ever, ever a moment, like Nox a couple of weeks ago, thinking he was going to be an all-black and a blue, the first 5A, was there, was there a moment you thought, maybe? Oh, yeah, it? yeah, certainly, uh, you know, everyone grows up uh, wanting to be an all-black, yeah. and I, I was no different, um, I played a lot of rugby for Tamati up in Hastings and then uh, live in Wanderers. So yep. actually got uh, played one season of uh, NPC rugby back in the days when they had Division 1, 2 and 3. Yeah. Uh, quite professional, I think. You know, yeah. we, we uh, obviously trained hard. We got paid pretty well. Yeah. 50 bucks a home game. Yeah. And, 75 bucks away game. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's about 20 jugs in those days, mate. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's where it all went. Yeah. <laughs> Plus there was a few towers that were free after the games back yeah. then. But it was it was good fun, you know. It was yeah. um, something that I enjoyed and something that I wanted to do. So I, I played that in 2001. Yeah. Uh, we finished the World Series in 2000 and uh, I had to talk to Don Tricker, who was mm-hmm. the head coach at the time, and tell him what I wanted to do, you know. So I said, yeah. oh, Go play some rugby, I want to, you know, get bashed, and I want to bash some people, and yeah. you know, just get that physicality back in, in, in me to, you know, help me for the yeah. softball as well. So, yeah. you know, yeah, he said, yeah, go for it. So I did. Nice. <laughs> Before we get to talk about the socks, man, uh, let's start with the juniors first. You, know, you had the World Cup in Auckland. What was that experience like? And you were a pitcher then. Yeah, yeah, pitcher utility. So, um, first time at home for. For me, anyway, in a New Zealand jersey, and uh, it was yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, played at Lion Red Ballpark uh, yeah. up in Auckland. Nice. Um, Who were some of the teammates back then, but oh, Raymond, Roman Gabriel, yeah, uh, Hayden Lamb, some you know, talented players. Mahi Simpson was there, one of our pitchers. Heine Shannon, Mahi Simpson, uh, Patty, bro. Patty missed out. <laughs> Did he? Oh. Yeah. Unlucky Patty. <laughs> um, but Mahi Simpson, I remember, a good lefty out of Levin, eh? Yeah, 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 mean pitcher. Yeah, yeah, very good pitcher, very good pitcher, and and a good hitter too. Mm, he was, mm, um, mm. but definitely a good pitcher. Had all the pitches. Um, yeah, uh, choice. Canada in the final. Robbie O'Brien. Canada in the final. Yeah, and we you're were, on the hill. Yeah, you do seven down. though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I went seven innings. Eh? Six yeah. or seven innings. So I was quite deep into the game. Yeah, uh, very hot day in, in Auckland, as far as I remember. Um, yeah, and then uh, they just pipped us at the post, uh, three to two, I think it was. So. Tough, tough one for us to, you know, lose at home. Yeah. Um, when you, you know, working your ass off to, you know, win something big like that. And to come second is, uh, yeah. but anyway, hey, it's sport. It is. Someone's going to be the winner. And obviously it's the uh, tip of the iceberg to your international career. All right, let's, let's uh, talk about, just before we get to the socks, let's talk about... Um, well, no, let's start with the Sox, because you made the Sox while you were still in Hooks Bay, right? You had you had moved from the Dodgers to the Fast Pitch Club by then, I think Billy's Bar and Grill or something like that they were called uh, at the time. Uh, but it, you were 94 
made the socks the first time in only 19 years of age. But how did that come about? How did you uh, hear and what was that story? Well, in 94, 95, there was uh, a couple of big tours to North America. So you'd, you'd play, I don't know, probably 30-odd games within two weeks, you know, just just there for the grind of, of, of playing ball and, and obviously under the coach's eyes. And, you know, they, they were obviously looking towards the future in, in terms of the World Series in 96. So, um, yeah, so still still from Hastings. Um, obviously had a good good junior system in, in 93, Sort of come out of that grade and then yeah. straight into the men's side in '94. Mm. Um, Who was the coach who gave the call? Mike Walsh was the coach at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was um, something that I wanted to do. I, I remember back in '92, I was sixteen. I was walking around the park and they were naming the um, New Zealand Black Sox team to go away to the Philippines mm-hmm. um, to the World Series. So, oh, yeah. And then as, as a kid, you know, you're just walking around dreaming that, you know, your, your name or my name is going to be read out. And I was, I was a bit disappointed when my name wasn't read out. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was the joy for me to, yep. you know, do that and, and, you know, get my name out there and, and make sure it's, it's read out. And, and it happened in 94, so that was the start of it really. So good times. 94, when well, I know you were a pitcher growing up, when, when did the transition happen to start playing outfield as well. Well, yeah, probably around ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, um, I I had to. I was sort of looking at ninety six to make that team, whether I did or you know, yeah. didn't. But um, that was one of my goals was to go away to the World Series. So uh, obviously, I was still pitching, but I had to try and figure out how I was going to get there. Yeah, and the the pitchers at the time. There was, you know, Marty Grant, Chubb Tungador, Michael yeah. White, yeah. legends of the game, you know, yeah. and they were still in their prime. Yeah. So, and then there's me who was only 19, going, oh, hmm, probably not going to go through that door. <laughs> so I, I had to, um, you know, figure out what's going to get me there. And it, it led to hitting. Yeah. One was at the top of the list was the hitting. Yeah. So I, I trained and trained and trained every day, you know, just to hit, hit, hit. And then I become an outfielder. Never played outfield before. Mm. I was actually a shortstop. Yeah, so a yeah. shortstop. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, 94, 95, that, that was it. It was, yeah. I, I wanted to be there in 96 as as something, you know. Yes. And I knew I wasn't going to be a pitcher because yeah. some absolute legends they had. We we know you as a, an amazing outfielder. You're in our all-time. But, uh, you know, we see you as recent as clubs still pitching. So, what was your position? What would you say your position through your career was? I'd like to say shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably, probably, yeah, probably outfield. Eh? Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed my time out there. Um, you, know, you get a lot more work, you get a lot more things to do and, and yeah. think about. Um, yeah. yeah. You talked about working on your hitting. What did you do? What did you work on? How did you work on your hitting? Oh, just, just in the backyard at home, to be honest. Um, we had a pitching machine which spat out um, little woofer balls mm-hmm. and. You know, my brothers and I would just take turns, you know, hitting them down the driveway, over the neighbour's fence, yep. uh, on the roof. It's Kenny, Kenny, through Kenny the Road? Yeah, K yeah. Road. Yeah, K, K Road, Road <laughs> in Hastings. Yeah. yeah. Wicked. Backyard, eh? Yeah, man. This is a secret, yeah. eh? Put the extra yeah. effort in. That's why there's a massive net in your backyard, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Except I can't for do the for kids, sure. not for you. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, mate, 96, uh, sorry, 94, um, obviously, was your first uh, series. Where did you go and what was it like? 
I was just a, a tour to North America, so uh, LA around there. Um, Can you remember your first game for New Zealand? Nah, I should though, eh? <laughs> no, no, when you played for the 20 years, it's tough yeah. to remember them all, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, yeah, fun times, you know, a good, good bunch of guys that we had on the tour, yeah. um, which which made it special. And, you know, I, I come through with a couple of junior guys, you know, Roman, Gabriel, yeah, Jeremy Stanley and, and Gus Ledges, you know, just to name a few. So it was good to have those guys there as well, not, not you know, me not being the only young one in the team. So yeah. we had a couple of young ones, so it was good. I want to talk a bit more about your uh, Black Sox career, but 94 so spurred the beginning of your international playing club softball in the United States. Started with Decatur Pride, the ICs. Yeah, Decatur Pride. Um, obviously, Chubb Tongaroa was, uh, he, he was living up in Hawke's Bay at the time, so, and we were sort of, you know, playing against him or with him uh, most of the time in the base. So he sort of approached me and, and asked me if I wanted to, you know, join him and Marty Grant um, with Decatur Pride. As, as probably their, you know, number three pitcher or utility, and uh, and it's all about opportunities, eh, Chopper? Yeah. And uh, yeah. I saw that as a as a pretty good shot for me to, you know, one see what it's like playing overseas against, you know, legends of the game over there, and um, didn't take me long to say, yeah, I'm in. What did it do for your game going over? Oh. Everyone else has their own experiences and what it did for them, but what did it do for you? So for for starters in '94. It sort of opened my eyes to what else was out there in the in the rest of the world in sure. terms of you know the players, the pitches, and everything else. So uh, didn't really sort of took a few more years to really try and figure out what I what I wanted to do, and and you know sort of halfway through that uh, American season uh, or American seasons, you know that I was over there, um, I figured out that one I wanted to be the best in the world, one of the best players in the world, and. One one way you had to do that was obviously travel overseas and, and play against the best and, you know, sort of line yourself up and what you needed to work on and, you know, ha- how you can be better. Well, mate, you uh, you obviously showed that over there. Uh, we talk about Takeda Pride, but you played with a number of uh, ball clubs over there, Broken Bow, County Materials, to name uh, uh, just a couple, man. What's some of the fond memories? Not so much about the victories, but the fond memories about travel ball there in the States. Oh, it's 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 tough, you know. You you travel away probably Thursday. You you play all weekend, you know. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So sometimes eight games a weekend. Uh, tough ball, but at the same time, you know that the friendships that you make along the way. Uh, you know, different uh, nationalities and and obviously your own club team, but you know you get to mix and mingle with with other teams and 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 obviously you know meet new guys and and make make good friendships. Eight games of ball a day would, sounds like the dream. Oh, on a, on a weekend, <laughs> a weekend, weekend on a weekend, yeah. yeah. Still though, that's dream. Yeah, that's, that's what you want. Yeah, absolutely, bro. You you picked up a couple of titles uh, on your way through there. A couple with uh, Broken Bro Travelers in two thousand and one and two thousand and three. Man, how did they come about? I mean, what was that like winning the ICs for the first time? Oh, that that was an awesome experience. You know, um, to be honest, I think I think we'll just sort of go back a couple of years with with Broken Bow and. Um, uh, was was the fact that we actually bridesmaids for a couple of years, so yeah. that you know sort of hurt hurt us a, as a team, um, and obviously we we had to try and find ways to be better, you know, the the next year, and and as it turned out, we we did so, um, 
celebrations, yep, big time celebrations, yeah. uh, as they do over there. But um, yeah, awesome, awesome experience, and uh, you know, made us go back the next year, uh, wanting another title for for the sponsor. Just for our listeners, man, that are, that are listening here, back in that era, like two thousand and one, uh, two thousand and three, in that era of winning a first couple of titles, man. You know, how many good teams are we talking about that go to that IC tournament at the end of the season? You know, like with a realistic chance of winning the show. Oh, probably, you know, 14 to 16, I reckon. Yeah. Easy, you know. The depth and was massive, these, eh? Yeah, oh, these, these guys, these teams were, were solid. You know. yeah. Tough games, you know, 1-0 ball games, 2-1 ball games. And, you know, they were, they were Kiwis and Aussies spread out throughout the teams and it was, it was just tough ball. Mm. Who were you playing with, man, and Broken Bar at the time? Uh, a few Kiwis, so... Uh, Jared Jazz, Martin was yeah. there, yeah, Jazza was there. Um, Sorensen was there for a little bit as well. Obviously, the celebration was pretty decent, Damien, and so it should be, but, um, you know, the, the uh, um, leading into that, you said there was a couple of bridesmaids years before you won, yeah. the, the one in 2001 and then the 2003. In 2000, bro, you were the man, triple crown. Yeah, but you know what? We were bridesmaids there too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did your job that week, man. You were you were uh, you were you were MVP for the tournament. I think top better. Yep, top better. Most home runs and most RBIs. Or, yeah, Hungus, pretty impressive. Damien, listen to this, man. Two thousand. Thomas Mark here batted average was point six one one. 10 RBIs and about four or five uh, home runs, Pumpkin. as he was saying, and uh, just really drove the offense. Uh, for was a broken bow, yeah, obviously broken that bow. Uh, yeah. that year. So pretty, pretty proud, proud achievement uh, uh, going through there. Continuing on with the ICs, but uh, 2005, 2006 seemed they come together in clumps with uh, the team at a marathon, Wisconsin County Materials, pick up another couple of titles. Bro, what was the catalyst around those um, victories? Oh, we had a strong team, eh? You know, um, great pitching. Uh, Darren Zach. Is he a man? He's a man. He's a man. Darren Zach. I yeah. Mean, yeah we had a great pitching staff, great offense and a great defense, you know. Aussies and Kiwis, you know, yep. probably the first time in a while that the Anzacs have come together. <laughs> yeah. and, you know? was, that, was that Kiefer on the team back in those days? Yeah, too? Chris yeah. Kiefer was there. Yeah, yeah. Man, he was yep. mean, eh? Yep, Cheese yeah. was there. Uh, Luki Mata, you know, so... Yeah, we had, a, we had a pretty tough team, eh? Yeah. Tough team. I heard Lucas Mata was going to come back and play the ICs this year. Did you hear that? <laughs> no, I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, man, he was going to. And then um, got an injury playing um, Nationals or something like that, and so he's pulled the pin on the season. So oh, okay. but, uh, can't remember which team he was going for, but yeah, that's oh, turned right. the clock back, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it certainly is. Without a doubt. Mate, there was one game there, and uh, I can't remember which year it was, and, and maybe you might be able to help me out here. You're playing the farm. Right, yeah. if I remember, it's Corey Grew on the hill. I know Paul Algo was on the team for the farm. Mm. They scored an insurance run in the uh, like the top of the seventh, uh, and they've got you by a couple of couple of runs or so. Um, might be more than a couple um, going into the into the bottom. You guys are up, and then you're tied up, whatever the case is. But these like this back to back to back home runs. Uh, you guys just rattled off three in a row and just come pulled the carpet from underneath and get the title. Yeah, well, I think that might have been Donnie for one. Yeah. Uh, Patty was probably another one. And uh, maybe Jazza was the other one. I'm not too sure, eh? So, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, brilliant game to be involved with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what softball's all about, you know. 
played to the end. Yep, oh, fantastic. Um, before I talk about your last uh, season on the ICs, um, uh, but um, because we might as well put a bow on the ICs for you, man. If people were to think about Thomas Markia playing in the states, what would you like them to uh, to think about? Oh, you know, just just someone that played hard all the time. Um, you know, at times I, I ran through fences to to try and catch balls. Some I did, some I didn't. But um, and you know, um, certainly tough out there. Pretty tough, right? A lot of years overseas. A lot of people you've met are from different nationalities and different countries that you got to play with in the big melting pot that is ISC. But um, who are some of your favourite teammates that you got to play alongside? Oh, Luke, I think one, um, Lucas Mata was, uh, obviously he's from Argentina and uh, didn't speak much English, of course. And uh, he, he was actually pretty funny to be around. Yeah. Um, they, they actually used to live next door to us. So we had a Kiwi house in, in Marathon, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Aussies and uh, and uh, our little Argentinian mate was, was staying next door. So, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 back it up here. So the Kiwis had their own house, and you made all the other imports stay in another house. <laughs> no, that, that just no. The, the sponsors it up that way. Sounded it way like, worse. Right, than all you guys, <laughs> yeah. because you arrive late, you get that house, uh, and then uh, all you Aussies over there, and then you have thing. to take the Argentinian. <laughs> <Timing thing. laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> he, he had his own little ensuite downstairs, though, so he, he was pretty happy oh, in the dungeon. In the dungeon. In the dungeon. I remember the first time I met a guy from Argentina. It was on my honeymoon. And he was drinking that mate tea. And uh, so they have this cup. I don't know if you've seen it, Damien. And they put these uh, tea leaves in there with a straw, or a tip of water, and drink it. First time I saw it, I thought, man, is that weed? And he's like, <laughs> and the guy goes, would you like some? And I'm like, nah, bro, I don't smoke weed. Thanks. And he goes, no, it's mate. So well, I call it what you like. I know what weed is, man. <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 it's tea. And yeah, yeah. So w- w- he would have been into that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They all yeah. are. Yeah. 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 Had his own little uh, little shoot, little cup with, yeah. a, uh, with a straw at the top. So. Yep, carried around yeah. to, to the ballpark on the plane everywhere. Yeah. Okay, so did you have any of those things that when I, people go overseas, they have the things that they miss? What, what were some of the things that you would take over from home? Uh, probably pies, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Not the just, first person to say pies. Yeah, just quietly pies, you know. Uh, once you're done with softball on the weekend, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. you're certainly looking around for a pie shop anyway. So that, that, that would be one for me. <laughs> well, on the top of bread, what's your favourite pie? Oh, got to be steak and mushroom. Steak. steak and mushroom. Can't beat mushroom, Damien. That's good. Damien made us pizza tonight. Beautiful pizza, too. Was. I didn't see yeah. a mushroom on there, bro, but the toppings were yep. pretty uh, impressive. Bro, your career of 16 um, seasons of icy ball in the States, uh, as you mentioned, there's a lot of, <coughs> lot of stories in there, man, but. Uh, we mentioned about the MVP in 2000, but you also picked up all world distinction on six occasions. Bro. You know, was that important to you to, to, um, oh no, nah, not really. Uh, I was, I was more interested in the, uh, in the championships yeah, itself. Um, fair enough. You know, uh, stats, I think, run, run those uh, all world teams, all tournament teams, or paper teams, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, I was more interested in the wins. Thomas, where did the drive come from for you? You had an early juniors where you came up second. You talked about some early bridesmaids uh, in the ISCs, but like each time you've answered those, you've you've talked about you're already thinking forward and how you can improve and stuff like that. So, when did it become a real thing for you that this was going to be you wanted to be the best in the world? And two, how did you become smart about learning from the 
things that have happened, the mistakes, and, and looking to improve them. Oh, for one, you know, um, obviously uh, you, you learn by watching, uh, certainly softball. And um, actually when I was in, in Decatur in 94, uh, I spent a lot of a lot of the time watching baseball and, and listening to the commentary. Right. And I think that's where I sort of you know picked up a lot more smarts in, in terms of how to play the game. Obviously different games, but uh, the, the same concept. So, um, you know, certainly learnt a lot by that. Learnt a lot by watching some of the great players back in... Uh, in, in the States, you know, the, the Billy Boyers, um, you know, a lot of older guys now that um, I just used to watch them all the time. Yeah. I go down to the ballpark when we went playing and, and just watch what they do, you know, how they move, where they move to, you know. And, and not only watching outfielders, it's also watching pitches and catches and, and infielders too because there's lots of things that you can pick up from, from these guys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, should be the same today, you know, kids should be out there watching. You know, I'm actually watching the women's World Series at the moment. I'm mm. really enjoying those those tough games. Yeah, and I mean, there's some some athletes in that in those two teams, so it's it's awesome to watch. Yeah, man. Mm. Yeah, without a doubt. So when you're at a tournament and you're wanting it all, are you down there watching other games, or are you just focus on what you've got to do during those moments? To be honest, Damien, I don't really like watching softball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's it the truth. Of, yeah, that's that's the truth. I, uh, I I hate watching softball. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't sit there and, but I, I, you know, like I said, I just sit there and, and pick what I need to pick, and then, you know, store it away and you know, save it for later. So yeah, like, like I said, back in '92 was the drive for me. Was you know, I was hoping my name was going to read out, yeah. be read out, but uh, never happened. But that that was part of the dream, part of the drive, and in, in terms of what I wanted next. <laughs> Well, if you hated watching softball, I can't wait to talk about your coaching career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah oh. indeed. Mate, just to, to tie off the ISCs, 2016, you are inducted into the IC Hall of Fame. Uh, you've also started your coaching career, which you're going to get to, as Damon just alluded to uh, shortly. Um, but you get inducted that year with your good mate, uh, Jared Martin, uh, at the same time. And then also... Just for good measure. Oh, if I want to come, I'm also play, and you play for the Gators <laughs> and win your fifth title. <laughs> What's going on there? Oh, you know, that, that probably started uh, a couple of months back before the, the start of the Junior World Series. So, um, you know, Dante got picked up um, to play with the Toronto Gators mm-hmm. at the time and, uh, you know, sent him on his way. And then obviously we were travelling over a little bit later. Um, and then sort of a couple of texts here and there about, hey, do you want to stay on after. Uh, after your guys' um, World Series and then play. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> may as well. I'm, yeah. I'm already there, you know. So it sort of worked out with the with the induction in, in yeah. 216, obviously. Um, Jared went home with the team and mm. uh, a few other things. And Chubb Tangaroa was also inducted as well. So Yeah, that's right. From New Zealand. So um, Two Hawks Bay boys. Two Hawks Bay boys, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it sort of worked out um, that I was going to play. Well, whether I was going to play or not, I'm not too sure. But I turned up. I, I'd done a lot of training with the with the junior boys, so <laughs> yeah. I made them throw me BP here yeah. and there, and you know, just jumped in with their workouts just yeah. to you know keep myself in shape. So that sort of worked out, and then um, yeah, I got a little bit of playing time, which yeah. was okay. I was, yeah. I was you know wasn't expecting much, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, had had a pretty pretty good tournament with um, you know new guys that I've, I've never played with before. So obviously, I've, I've been away from the scene. Yeah, and turned up in sixteen, and then. Uh, you ended up winning it, so uh, thanks to a home run by um, Shane Bowman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, but 
The 16 uh, summers uh, playing the ICs we talked about a little bit earlier uh, and capping it off with a title, fantastic. But to be recognised into the IC Hall of Fame, uh, one first question is, bro, how did that feel? The other one was your teammates uh, arrived to the Hall of Fame breakfast, snuck down the back as they were doing the uh, induction speech and performed the haka to you, bro, because what was that like and what was it like to be inducted? Oh, that was massive, you know, a few of the boys turned up uh, that, that were there, obviously, all the Kiwis. Um, massive for them to, you know, recognise me and, and obviously perform the haka. Um, and obviously I you know, jumped in and done it back to them, so mm. out of respect. But it was awesome, you know, the, the the crowd just turned around and saw all these, you know, boys at the back doing the haka, thinking, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm pretty sure they soon realised that, um, you know, it was a... Obviously, a special occasion, um, but yeah, to be to be recognised um, on that platform in terms of the ISC, you know, one of the you know top players in the world, um, and to be recognised along with obviously my mates, Chubb and Chazza and, and our Canadian teammates in the past, um, yeah, it was it was it was awesome. Pretty 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 special indeed, man. And um, something I remember, I remember seeing a little bit of video around it as well at the time. Uh, I mean, it wasn't as internet prevalent, uh, um, but but definitely a little bit of stuff going on. It was bloody awesome to catch a glimpse of that, uh, and and well, in man, what a what a fantastic career over there in the states. Let's rewind a little bit now because I wanted to just talk about the ICs. Now we can go back when you came back um, ninety four. You then went to the world um, world series in ninety six. That was in the middle of Michigan. Of course, Michael White throws a perfect game to get you the gold medal in that one. One, what was it like to experience that type of performance in a grand final? Oh, yeah, this is yeah, unbelievable that, uh, you know, Whitey pitched that perfect game. Um, you know, my, my role in the team was to uh, be really sort of mid-game, you know, sort of come in for Thomas Perinara uh, at, at the time, who was playing outfield. Um, and, you know, just to sit behind Whitey and, and watch that was outstanding. Yeah. You yeah. know, just sort okay. of, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Looking at the Canadians, just sort of trying to hit the ball, and, and nothing was happening. And you know, you're standing out there going, "This is this is good. I don't have to do anything." <laughs> you're right, because I didn't even need to bring my glove out here this week. No, no, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty impressive, uh, man. Um, when did you make the move from Hawks Bay to Wellington? Uh, Ninety-seven. So just after that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got approached by PK to to move down in '97, and. Uh, once again, it's about opportunities, yep. and I sort of looked at it and went, "Wow, PK, yep, it's me. I'm in. I'm gone. Later, Dad." He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, "I oh, think so. Now I'm going to have a lot more kilometres in the car." <laughs> yeah, I think I heard, to be honest, I think I probably heard him when uh, when I moved to fast pitch from Dodgers. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, that was probably the biggest one, and then uh, you know moving to Wellington. to Wellington to yep. obviously one you know to further my career, and and you know like we talk, spoke about before, Damien was to. See how good I can be. Yeah. You know, pretty good coming out of the Hawks Bay. Let's see how you are down in Wellington now. I love that mentality. I love it. Test yeah. yourself. Test eh? yourself, yeah. yeah. Put yourself in the in those opportunities to yeah. be the best in the world. Yeah. Your time with PK in Wellington, man, who were some of the people that were instrumental in, um, in teaching you the game? Oh, we had a lot of great players, you know, back in uh, the early 90s. Obviously, Marty was there, Marty Grant. Uh, Kiri Johansson, uh, Fabian Barlow, mm-hmm. a lot of great players. Jazza was here, Bevan Martin there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
outstanding uh, role models and, and guys to learn from, you know, and that, that's only to name a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. And coming to the Big Smoke, I mean, have you been going to the States anyway? I don't know necessarily those teams that you played for were in the Big Smokes, but coming to the Big Smoke, Wellington out of Hooks Bay, what was that like for a Māori boy? I'd actually been down on a, on a couple of uh, trips with softball, so yeah. sort of had an eye opening to that, but... Um, Awesome, yeah. <laughs> Certainly, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Courtney Place was um, pretty cool back then. Nice back then. Back then. <laughs> so, because uh, um, obviously I, I, I should be a miss before uh, moving to Wellington. Ninety six was a big year, man, because that's when you met your lovely wife, Cara. Tell us a little bit about that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ninety six, um, yeah, pretty good year. Obviously, winning the World Cup and then yeah, um, getting introduced to. My lovely wife now, Cara. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, she, she's been the backbone of, of our whānau for, for years, you know, um, always puts her hand up to stay home and look after the kids, yeah. which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm overseas, you know, yeah. travelling and uh, and doing all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, she's been yeah, awesome for our whānau. And, yeah. Well, the cool thing with a long career, man, uh, playing in the States and then playing for New Zealand, she got you back a plenty with travelling the world as well to go and watch and stuff and shopping, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it, we'll chuck in a gin bucket or two. <laughs> the the uh, But, man, also, you know, uh, your children uh, are in the game as well, of course. Yeah, I mean, um, once again, uh, you know, they've played lots of sports, but um, in, in our house now it's, <laughs> it's either softball or rugby. Yeah. Know, softball during the summer and, and rugby in the winter. Not that I put my foot down and, and tell them that all the time, but uh, <laughs> you know they they hey, they they can make their own choices. I, I remember Dante, you know, come home with a cricket bat. I'm yeah, going, hey, what is that? <laughs> what is <laughs> that? Can you leave that outside, please? <laughs> but you know they they've they've grown in, into softball and, and really love softball. I mean, you know, Lodge is ten now, and yeah, he he loves the game. He's he's sitting there watching the softball with us as well. Nice. You know, the women's world series. So yeah, they hey, it's part of us. Sure was. It was fantastic. And, of course, Riley, man, making a name for himself, um, especially over the last couple of years with the Sox. I mean, it's great to see him in the senior level. We know what he's done with the junior level, but with the senior level, good to see his uh, progression in the game as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's been uh, you know, sort of chipping away at it um, over the years. As you say, through the through the junior system, he, he was pretty impressive. Uh, I think he was 15 at his, at his first Junior Boys World Series, so... And that gave him the grounding to, you know, sort of grow and then sort of lead the boys into the next one and, you know, come out of that junior system and then straight into the men's system. So he's, um, you know, he's been around some some pretty good teams and some some good people, you know, like I mentioned before, um, you know, a couple of bat boys here and there. Mm. It's, it's not about being a bat boy, it's about, you know, listening for him as well. And, and yeah. I'm sure he, you know, took a lot of things in So while yeah. he was out there. Oh, fantastic. Dude, um, PK... Uh, when you come down to Wellington, you know, they've won a number of uh, national titles. What, what were some of the learnings you got from playing in a club like that with those group guys? Oh, they, they were winners. You know, they were winners and, and they trained hard. Um, you know, what makes a winner? Hard work. You know, hard work, resilience. Yeah, um, yeah but they, they were just tough, you know, tough men. Um, come out, play hard, train hard, like I said, and... Um, just, just knew how to win, knew how to win ball games. Um, you know, yeah, some, some awesome players. Sam, I remember coming down to uh, it was a Cardinals tournament, I think, from memory. It was anyway, it was that 
Tony Rick or something like that. And we were playing PK. So I was playing for the team at a hooks bay at the time, Saints. First batter, I was lead off batter, that's right. And uh, pitcher for you guys, uh, Rocket, left handed pitcher. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rocket. Yeah. And, uh, and he grunts when he pitches <laughs> the ball. Yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, my grandmother turned up. My <laughs> grunter, the grunter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my grandmother came to watch the game, right? It was about the first time she came to watch me play senior softball. And. Um, um, I'm like, I gotta head home running here, man. I gotta head home run, right? I, gotta, I had an aluminium bat too. It was like, I think the bat was like a hundred bucks, you know, compared to what these are. And we're playing big games. These guys are legends. I think Paul Walford was playing third base from me or something like that. I can't remember, but they were they were just stacked, studded, right? Anyway, first pitch, it's like a rise ball, and I, I was gonna heave at it. I'm like, oh, leave it. Next pitch, I can't even remember what it was. Bang, had a home run. God, my grandmother's right there. Fantastic, right? <laughs> PK beat us sixteen points to one. That day. <laughs> <laughs> That's the type of team they were. With. Mm. Well, at least Grandma got to see the home run, mate. Yeah, then she was like, "Geez, your team sucks." <laughs> Ting with the oots. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is, the oots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, domestically, man, you've you've done pretty much everything. Of course, all the national titles with PK. You picked up the NFC uh, with Wellington. <laughs> the NFC title with Wellington. We touched a little bit with Lala on episode one about that. Tell us the story in Christchurch. Leading into, not the grand final, but leading into it, what type of team you had? What did the association think of your team? <laughs> oh, I'm not too sure what the association thought of our team at that time, but <laughs> I don't think they, uh, you know, sort of had our backs in a way. Um, because yeah, we, we, they booked you an AM flight on <laughs> Sunday to go home, that's why. Well, yeah, apparently anyway. Um, oh, but, really? you know, we, we, we had a pretty young team back then. Mm. And, uh, obviously, we were using it. You know, to obviously upskill some some younger guys who, who were thinking about for the future. And anyway, we we're sort of cruising through the tourney, picking up wins here and there. And um, you were a player coach at the time, right? Yeah, player coach. Yeah, uh, yeah we probably only had maybe thirteen or fourteen players. Mm. And, and, um, yeah, so so we're cruising in the tourney and you know, picking up wins. And you know, next minute we're in the playoffs, and it's like, oh, I better check with the manager and uh, see when our our flight, you know, to go home is. Yeah. Anyway, we find out it's like, oh, it's about two o'clock in the afternoon on the Sunday. So like, if we make the final, that's probably not going to work. So yeah. someone better ring up and get those things changed just in case. Sure enough, we're in the final. Hey, we'll change your tickets, but it's going to be at like six o'clock. Yeah. You know, finals at four. Yeah. You know, so, and we're probably half an hour from the from the airport. Yeah. And um, anyway, we get to the final and I'm looking at the watch going, oh, we're running out of time, boys. We're actually running out of time before the game started. I was like, right, that's the game plan. Either home run or you get out. <laughs> so we're swinging straight off the bat. Yeah. You know, just straight off the bat. And I think we picked up a couple of runs in the first inning. I was like, oh, okay, sweet. And then next minute, you know, a couple more runs here and there. And the funny thing was, I don't think Canterbury clicked on to what we're actually doing because they didn't know what time we were flying. But yeah. We were, we were swinging and there were balls flying out of the field, so... And then anyway, we, we beat them in, in the run roll and grabbed the trophy and then we were gone. Yeah, straight, straight to, to the, the airport. No yeah. shout. Still uniform. Still uniform. Yep. Still uniform, Still uniform yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. as quick as we could and then um, straight to Wayne's after that. Straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't say that. You <laughs> didn't <laughs> throw that out, Wayne. <laughs> For a team debrief. Yeah. Oh, la, la, eh? <laughs> the, um, uh, that's the thing though, man. It was the fastest grand final I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, an amazing uh, spectacle. And what a one to win, dude. What a yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a fun one. Um, yeah, you know, one of, probably one of the best ones. You know, to, to do it that way and 
And you know, when when you got other things going on out of your control, and this is the only option you have. Yep. Yeah, a little bit of a a break from Wellington uh, and the Christchurch rebuild going down there to to help out down there, but. Um, for part of the time you were down there, you also decided to help out softball down there with the Papanui Club. How did that come about? Yeah, well, uh, uh, I went down there for work, obviously, for, for five years. And, um, you know, PCU was, was a very strong team down there at the time. So, a couple of your good mates in that team. Couple, too, yeah, right? a couple of good mates uh, who, who probably try to, you know, wing me their way. But, uh, you know, it was. Stephen Ratu, <laughs> just uh, Daniel <laughs> Mill. Yeah, so, yeah, those guys, anyway. Um, <laughs> So it, it wasn't about making them stronger. It was mm. about you know helping another another team, another club to, you know, at, at least be close to those guys. So you know, I, I chose Papua Nui. Uh, they were sort of nice and close to where we were living at the time, and yep. um, yeah, knew a couple of their boys, and uh, obviously a couple of younger guys who were, you know, up and comers. So good to get with them. Your time with them, mate. You, you've uh, it was quite evident uh, that Papua Nui has just risen to a new bar there now. And you know, we talked with um, Jackson Watt uh, sure at, at clubs last year, eh, Damien? And I, I think, as you so rightly corrected us, and I can't, I think I might even get it wrong now. It's like six or five uh, Canterbury titles in a row now. The legacy has just continued after you've left. Yeah, well, uh, took took us what well, Papua Nui anyway took. Uh, uh, Forty-one years before they won a won a title. Wow! Um, so a very very long time, and uh, you know, so once we won the first one, um, you know, boys kicked on and won a couple more, and then you know, obviously, I see them now still winning down there. So good to see that you know, uh, um, whatever they've taken away from me, it's still you know, in their in their system somewhere, and uh, yeah, they're, they're still learning, and and you know, they've got a good young team, and those guys will be together for a while now. Best of three, you a fan? Yeah, I am actually. I, yeah. I like that, you know, best of three format. Um, I actually played in a couple down there, which was, you know, my first time. So I, I loved it. Yeah. You know, three games, three in one day. Let's go. Yeah, hard out. I think it's a great way yeah, of deciding a, a season victory, right? A, yep. yeah. Maybe not in a tournament, um, um, you know, on the last day, having to win three. But Tournaments are different. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. a season? But a season. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But the thing about it, too, was that. Um, I think I think the last couple of years where, even though it was the top two winners, you know, you, you still had to fight throughout the season for your points, so just in case someone else come and picked you, you couldn't just cruise along and mm-hmm. and make top four, you know, yeah. and then play the semis. So different format. It was it was good, exciting, and cool. uh, I loved it. Fantastic. Good to hear, man. Good to hear. Then back to Wellington now, uh, have been for a number of years, but. Um, before we talk about the coaching, let's just uh, tie off the socks here first. Mate, you had a massive career with the socks, 20 years uh, with them. What, what, I mean, obviously the gold medal in 96, East London, uh, Marty Grant throws a no-hitter. Perfect game, Mike White in uh, Midland. Marty for the no-hitter in East London for the gold against Japan there. Um, but then... The three peak two thousand and four on home soil because what was that like? Yeah, that was, that was pretty three amazing. Eh? That was awesome, you know. Um, full house down in Christchurch, um, family, friends, you know, there. But you know, to to beat all these other teams in the world, um, you know, coming down to New Zealand and, and, and playing us, it was yeah, it was awesome, awesome ride. Let's just put it put it in perspective here. Like, it's not just. One year, two year, three year. 
it's 96, 2000, 2004. Like, that's pretty impressive. Like, Walker, how, how does it feel to be a 3P over such a such a period? That's amazing. Oh, you know, back, back in 96, um, talented team, very talented, strong pitching, strong hitting, you know, yeah. good defence. Mm. And, and I, th- I think dominance. we were lucky enough that we had, you know, three or four guys that yeah. sort of moved on into the next, you know, four-year cycle. So yeah. that sort of revolved around that mentality of mm. winning, you know, and, and not letting your mate down, or, or the juicy down. So good times, good times, tough times too. Yeah. We've heard some great stories about the Black Sox and um, uh, if we talk about East London as an example, the accommodation wasn't uh, the greatest uh, and some of the some of the teams actually left the accommodation and went and stayed somewhere else, but the Sox decided to stay there uh, and, and, uh, and, and it's more about the team and what's so much around the team, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we stayed in uh, sort of um, university-type accommodation where, you know, sort of two levels. Uh, we, we were on one, one floor, so uh, we had our own little common room, which we turned into our Kiwi room and yeah. flags and, you know, TVs and a pool table in there. Outside was a rugby field, so or rugby posts, and, you know, so... We had it made. Perfect, yeah. We had it made. Um, you know, they had cooks there on site, yep. so they, they fed us, they'd done our washing, it was all the, all the, all the little stuff. Mm. You know, and I, I think it was the USA that sort of turned up maybe half a day after us and hopped off the bus and then hopped back on the bus and then <laughs> they, they were gone, so. Checking into the hype. America. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. I think that's where they went to, you know. Yeah. They, they went to, um, yeah, some other accommodation, but. Once we saw them go, we you know raided the rooms and took all the pillows and, yeah. and mattresses and but we were we were still four to a room, yeah. a, you know, yeah. quite a small room. So we we enjoyed it. We, yeah. had, we had a good time. So yeah. and, and you know can't speak highly enough of the of the cooks that they had over there at the time. Um, you know, as we spoke about before, the the Farno helping out. Mm. You know, these these ladies were there cooking for us and singing while we were eating, and you know, it's just the you know the the way of life. Um, you know, obviously doing our washing, and so once we won after '96, we you know celebrated with them as part of our whanau because nice. you know they, they were there with us, yeah, you know, yeah. throughout the, the the whole tourney. Yeah, too good. Mm. 2009, Falkard throws a no hitter. Would have been a perfect game if uh, someone didn't get a walk in the first innings. Yeah, sorry about that. You got all the yeah. way. <laughs> you got all the way around the third baseman. If you could have come in and converted in that first innings, do you think that game could have been a different result? I think so. I think so. You know, certainly one run on the board would have made a, made a difference in the first inning. You know, maybe the, the mentality would have been different from our side. But um, you know, can't take anything away from what Adam done on that in, in that game. Yeah, you know, not only him, but obviously their their sticks are pretty hot too. So. But you know, look at Adam now. He's he's come a long way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. world's best, right? Mm. Well, if not one yep. of the world's best. Um, the socks, you know, in an era that we have followed them, especially you just mentioned the three peak, twelve years they are winning gold medals in a row, uh, and then getting a silver. Did that feel like last place or second place? Yeah, yeah, both. Mm. So, yeah, probably last last place. Um, you know. Uh, Probably still got the medal somewhere hanging around, but you know, every time you look at it, it's like mm, I want that other one. Yeah, and you know that once again, that was the drive to, you know, come back and and thirteen and you know 
make a difference. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we had a couple of older boys, so so they said, and um, probably too old that, that some guys said, but mm. uh, yeah, we, we went out there and made the difference. Yeah. Uh, got got the right one back anyway. Fantastic. Yeah, getting to play at home again, uh, mm. mate, for the second time. Uh, this time at Rosedale Park in Auckland. But what was the difference between 2004 and 2013 for you? Well, I mean, you know, probably probably more people there mm. uh, up at Rosedale. Um, fans were loud. Um, what was the difference? Not much difference, really, Chopper, I think. Um, Just on a mission that week? On a mission, yeah, certainly yeah. on a mission. And, you know, obviously, you know, we were pretty hurt, pretty gutted after 2009 and we just wanted to, you know, change the colour of our medal and we only had one colour that we are looking at. When you, and, and I don't want to dwell on this too much, but dude, when you, when you, when you don't win gold as a block, Black Sox, I asked you whether it was second or last place, is that burden too heavy? Yeah, sometimes it can be, you know. Um, I take losses quite personally, really. You know, whether we're playing for marbles or or anything in the backyard, um, uh, yeah, it, it hurts for a long time. But you know, like like I said, we we won in thirteen, so yeah, we, we come back and you know, everything's good again. Nice. We're going to get to your coaching um, career in a second here, uh, but this question probably relates to both. How do you deal as a player with that burden, and, and, and then how do you teach that? To the athletes that you coach these days, yeah, tough one, <laughs> chopper, eh? Yeah, tough one. I mean, you know, just obviously uh, relaying the messages and relaying the memories that you know it, it, it's going to hurt for a long time. And you know, are, are you willing to put in the work now that you know you don't have to go through this? Mm. You know, so and you know, coaching career as well that um, you know, we've had a couple of seconds too. So yeah. yeah, whether that's been a good thing or a bad thing, turning it into a positive though. Nice. Coaching. <laughs> was that always going to be something that you were going to do? Oh, probably not. I mean, um, probably not. But when I was when I was actually playing, it was it was probably not. But um, you know, if I if I looked at uh, my father, you know, what what he was doing for us when we were younger, probably was the right path. Mm. Um, you know, we were, we were just teaching the basics of softball, so. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess in the end, um, yeah, it was it was meant to be. Um, I, I remember my first game actually coaching. Um, I got called in to coach like an under twenty three or sort of B team representative stuff for Wellington, and um, I was nervous as hell. <laughs> 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 you know, I was I was pacing up and down the dugout. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd played in, in big games before, but um, my first game of coaching was like, wow. I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do anything. No, you it's can't. Just the words. Yeah, you just they, walk they've got to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. You know, a couple of older guys on the team. Were like, hey, you right, bro? Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> Still can't watch this game. Thomas, uh, it'd be remiss for me uh, before we talk about your coaching career here, man. Uh, you retired in 2014. You chose to do that uh, back in your home association of Hastings or Hooks Bay at Akina Park. What was that? Obviously, you know that, that was the start of my my career back in the Hawks Bay and, and Hastings, and um, you know, probably a good way to good way to finish was uh, where I started. So that was it. Not many people get to do that. That's awesome. No, no, I left my cleats out on the field, and uh, oh wow, 
as you do, as you do. Mate, for a highlight for you, I guess you're going to, you know, a, a, such a lengthy career, but, um, you know, the countless of young athletes, young Māori athletes, especially especially from Hawke's Bay, but, but around this country that have seen you play for the uh, Black Sox for 20 years, influencing their career, what was that like for you? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, hopefully, you know, a lot, a lot of kids or, you know, sort of older kids now sort of, Took a few things away that, you know, from from me that how I played the game and how, how I approached the game and, you know, just the little things. Um, probably certainly a lot different to to what other players yeah. do because you know each one's to their own and, and how they prep and how they get ready and and how they go through their things. So hopefully, you know, they they took a few things away. One of the things you used to do in the field, man, which used to blow me away all the time, was when there was a runner on two. Uh, you're playing centre field here. And the the drive to centre field, uh, ground ball, and you were able to scoop it up and throw them out of home, ninety percent of the time, maybe more than ninety percent. Oh, you just <laughs> give me the idea. What, 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 mate? No, but that's what you were known for, man. You were uh, you were electrically. You know, how did you do that, and why was that important to you? Oh, it's, it's, it's just quick to the ball, really. Um, so you know, quick to the ball and a strong arm to to the plate or to to whatever base we're, we're sort of looking at. So yeah, um, but. A lot of practice, Chubba, a lot of practice, you mm. know, go through those things and, you know, break it down again. You've you got to have a strong arm, but, you know, once again, you've just got to be aggressive aggressive to the ball and, and come up throwing. Fantastic, man. Pretty pretty impressive. Nat, naturally a strong arm, Larry, or was it was it worked on? No, a lot of work on because I used to go yeah. underarm quite a lot. Of course, yeah. You know? And then I had to go overarm. So, but, you know, just, just keep it simple, just you know, see how far, how high I can throw the ball and yeah. and that gave me the arm strength and you know, uh, a lot of you know time at the gym as well and you know, to help that out. Okay, because uh, after the uh, the great feats you had in 2013 winning on home soil for your fourth uh, world gold medal um, champ, but uh, later on that year you were recognised by Natsuka Hanunu for the 2013 Sportsman of the Year Award and then a couple of years later in 18. You made the Hall of Fame for the Hooks Bay um, sport as well. Bro, what was it like to be uh, recognised by uh, your iwi and, of course, uh, your homeland, Hooks Bay, where you're originally from? Yeah, very, very proud Hooks Bay boy, uh, as we are, Chopper. And, um, you know, to be to be recognised by, you know, not only Ngāti Kaununu, but also the, the Hooks Bay uh, province itself is... Mm. Uh, is, is pretty special too, uh, you know, like the other Hall of Fame. Um, obviously, they have their own little little differences, but um, you know, born out of Hawke's Bay and, and making the you know Black Sox team out of out of Hawke's Bay, um, and then you know, years and years later, uh, getting recognised for all those feats, um, it's pretty pretty special night for for my whanau as well. Awesome, well deserved, my friend, well deserved. I saw your speech <laughs> when you got your uh, and, and like to be fair, Damien. Like everyone's like Thomas Mikey, he won't even say two words, right? It's more like grumbles and grums and like stares and like scare the, the stairs, shit yeah. out of you, right? Um, but man, you had put it all together that night. It was pretty impressive. Wow, well, you know, it's a pretty big stage there, yeah. Chopper. Um, yeah. You know, Hall of Fames, you you got to be ready for those. You know, yeah. acknowledging people and uh, telling a few stories and uh, yeah, getting your time uh, on the stage. Um, I think, uh, what's his name, what's the car driver's name? 
Oh, Murphy? Yeah. So, mm. so Greg Murphy took up most of the time up there. He's yeah. why I only got a couple of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does that. Fair enough. Yeah. He's done. No, it's, it's pretty cool to, you yeah. know, mix and mingle with him too because, yeah. 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 Another but legend and, you know, off his, off his, a, a different code. He's doing Bathurst again this year. Yeah, he's come back. Yeah. There's a World Cup next year. Is he? Maybe. <laughs> 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 He's like, I'll drive Bathurst. Um, uh, oh, that's pretty impressive. Hey, uh, and saying that, man, um, and, and you can tell tonight, Damien, uh, that Thomas, man, he can speak these days really well. Is that something that's these been days, part yeah. of? <laughs> like I said at the beginning, man, it was like two words. No one could talk to him. But um, uh, is that something, do you think, that has evolved from one, becoming a senior player um, in Being the world game, but, yeah. but definitely as a coach? Is that somewhere where this has is, is started to come on more? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of that too, you know, and um, you know, as a senior leader in a, in a team or, as you say, as a coach, you, mm. you, you've got to get out there and, uh, you know, express your feelings and, you know, probably say a bit more than what I used to say. So, yep. um, yeah, yeah, good learnings for me and, um, yeah, cool. Four... World Cup campaigns with the New Zealand under 19 team. The last one was 18, but uh, junior Black Sox anyway. Uh, four of those, mate. That's uh, one. Thank you so much for a, such a long tenure with uh, with that group, uh, with, with those groups. But what was that like? You know, one, coaching at an international level, and two, coaching that age group. Yeah, I mean, uh, international level at that time was um, the unknown, really, for us. We, uh, we didn't know... Who was out there? Uh, what what you know? Other players were on on different teams. We we didn't know anything about that, so we just had to really focus on ourselves and and how how to prepare and and, and be good. And the only way that we sort of knew was obviously through our own experiences with myself and and Jared mm-hmm. at the time when we first kicked off. So it was about sharing you know the trainings that that we'd done and you know really trying to get the guys ready because, like I say, we didn't know what, what else was out there. Yeah. Um, and you know, get to fourteen, and we arrive and play a few warm up games, and we still don't know who the kids are and you mm. know, how well they're going to be. And but we started, you know, to to pick up a few coaches that that we knew and yep. who coached us and who played against us, and so it's sort of okay, you know, we're to try and you know think about how they used to play the game and you know their their style of game. So yeah, we, we the first year we straight off. Straight off the bat, we were second, second place, finished second to Argentina. Yeah, uh, first team, first team to the final, which was you know pretty, uh, pretty good experience for us. Seventeen mm. years, obviously, so mm. since New Zealand had been on the stage, yeah. and um, you know, sort of blew the guys away. It was amazing feeling for them, for them too. So, and you know, we we got pipped in the final, but um, great experience, yeah. great experience, and. Um, I remember uh, actually it was in, in 13, 2013, um, there was a meeting with obviously Eddie Colassi and uh, Kyle Gould at the time who mm-hmm. were part of the Black Sox and, and um, Dave. Yeah, Workman. Dave Workman. Yeah, yeah. Dave Workman. Yeah. Yes. They wanted to have a meeting with me and it was 13 and it was like, mm, I wonder what these guys want to have a meeting with me for. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm probably, yep, my last one, yep, maybe. Yeah. I said, oh, Larry, let's go and have a coffee. I was like, Mm, no, nah, no, nah, I don't drink coffee. No, nah, no, nah, let's go and have a coffee. We just saw you have coffee this morning. No, nah, no, nah, I've, I've finished <laughs> drinking coffee. You know, because when you get called in to have a have a meeting and yeah. have a coffee, is maybe you're, you're down the road or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, was, yeah. You know, so it was before the World Series. So I was like, mm, no, nah, no, nah, I'm I'm good. I don't I don't want coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go and get something else. Oh. Okay, what do you guys want? 
And then anyway, they sat down and they sort of sort of said to me, you know, hey, um, yeah, after you finish playing, you know, fourteen, do you do you want to have a look at coaching? I was, nah, not really, not really. <laughs> and then you know, we spoke for about an hour, and then um, okay, that, that sounds alright. Yeah, I'll give it a go. So yeah, got in there, and uh, you know, had to find me a, a manager and a and an assistant coach at the time. So you know, obviously. Um, Jazza was sitting there with me in thirteen, and yeah. we were having a chat, and he he signed up straight away. Yeah. <laughs> and then actually, I was I was packing my gear bag up, and and Wayne Small walked yes. past me, you know, mm. sort of patted me on the back, said, "Well done, you know, good job." I was like, "Oh, thanks, bro. Uh, what are you up to anyway next year?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's like, "Well, not much." I said, "Oh, well, do you want to do something?" You know, he goes, "Was that?" So well, you know, put my name in for the for the junior Black Sox. If, if I get the job, you know, do you want to? Yeah, manager. Yeah. So, yep. So he was in, and then Dune was obviously there as well, and yeah, pretty good time. Pretty good time. Nice. But the, the one thing which, um, from my observations, right, is uh, the juniors um, have had good teams. Surely they haven't uh, made it to the, to to the podium for quite a while. Um, but um, but one thing that did change is the, is the coaching staff, and that would change, if not each cycle. Every second cycle, it was changing all the time. So the consistency at the junior level. Now, if we look at your uh, tenure, four World Cups, the consistency of what you guys brought to those athletes, and uh, and, and I asked you some questions on about what you did with the athletes, but the consistency that you gave them, and you and Jared and the rest of your crew gave them was, and the proof is in the pudding. You had three silver medals in that tenure. It was a consistent. Level of performance, and, and that's something that softball needed. And and if we talk about that, let's talk about Midland, right? The grand final was Japan versus New Zealand. Daniel Chapman on the hill for New Zealand, Koyama on the hill for Japan. Mm-hmm. Arguably the two aces for both countries right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yeah. Uh, Chippy's you know uh, come a long way since then, and, and Koyama's improved as well. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, who, who would have believed that, you know, those, those two guys sort of later on down the track. But, you know, here we are. Um, you, you talk about consistency, um, and that's what we wanted with the group, you know, or the groups that we've had in, yeah. in, in the past. And, you know, big thanks to Jared Martin and, and Bevan Martini mm-hmm. and Smalley and Dune and, and Alf as well. So yeah. we've all tried to put our experiences together, um, not, not only softball, but, you know, life experiences and, and really lead these young men along the way. Um, you know, through hard work and you know, just trying to trying to teach them about the game and, and everything else that goes with it. What are those differences from when you were in the juniors as a player to now juniors as a, as a as a coach? Um, the world's different. You know how how what's the pressures on on these kids coming through at that age group uh, to wear the fern? I think it's yes, massive now. Eh? In terms of um, in terms of the group now, the, the younger kids now. Um, Certainly, uh, a lot of them take it to heart, and, and you know, especially yeah. when they lose, you know, or, or come second mm. or third or fourth, mm. you know. But um, but that's what life's about, you yeah. know. You've got to get up the next day and, and and move on, and you know, hope, hopefully later on down the track that they you know take the experiences that they had and then you know used it in life later on, like you did back then when you when you got a silver medal, you you adjusted, you you the switch and mental, mentally to where you were going to go better are you seeing the kids going through with that mentality I know the handheld yeah. a little bit these days <laughs> if, if that's one way to put it but I mean you yeah. know are you seeing 
that crop coming through? Oh, we, yeah. I mean, part of our goal as a, as a management team, as a coaching group, was to try and push a, a lot more kids into the Black Sox environment, you know. So we were there for a long time and yeah. we knew what it took. And, yeah. and, you know, so we were just preparing them for that. You know, and, and lucky enough now we've got a you know, couple of guys sort of in there at the moment, but, um, you know, it's up to them if they want to stay a little bit longer. That's the thing that I I, I noticed too, Damien, watching their uh, tenure uh, in charge of the juniors is that is exactly what they're doing. Sure, they were looking to try and grab a title on the way through, yeah. but uh, it definitely looked like you were looking to create Black Sox for the future um, and throughout your whole squad, not just just a couple of them. So, you know, from from us, it's you know, it's fantastic to give us that group of athletes. You know, next cab off the rank, mm. a la yeah. Daniel Chapman. Yep. Uh, so you know that's that's fantastic. But what were some of the hurdles? <laughs> Watching softball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hurdles! Oh, depends how how big the hurdles are, Chopper. I think you know Damien mentioned it before. Where you know, Mummy had to be there some of the time <laughs> to uh, hold the hand, and yeah. it's like, hey, you know, Mum will be there, you yeah. know, later on after the game. But yeah, you know, now now you're ours. Yeah. You know, we're not going to hurt you. We, you know, yeah. going to toughen you up a bit. Were they scared anyway. shitless of Thomas Margaret? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Don't let me send you a telegram. Yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you another story, eh, just while we're out. Yeah. <laughs> we're in, uh, in Vancouver and uh, part of our, our build-up tour to, to Whitehorse. Um, you know, played a few games and obviously I, I wear sunglasses because it's, you know, the, the glare off the diamond yeah. and, you know, part of that too is actually trying to pick pick pitches yep. and pick catches and, yep. and look down where they think you're not looking. Mm, yeah. And uh, anyway, um, get into a team meeting after the, after a couple of games and the boy said to me, hey, uh, coach, um, I don't like you wearing your sunglasses because they were just, you know, black. They're Oakleys, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, sporting glasses. Oh, I don't like it you know, when you're wearing your glasses and looking down at me because... I don't know if you're actually looking at me or looking somewhere else. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, I'm not actually looking at you. I'm looking, you know, at the catcher trying to pick his sign. So if you think I'm looking at you, I'm actually not. Yeah. Anyway, uh, get to another meeting the next day and uh, I went to like a $2 shop the night before and yeah. you know, bought those googly eye glasses where the <laughs> eyeballs sort of fall out. You know, anyway, I sort of, I'm, I'm on purpose, I'm, I'm last to the meeting and yeah. sort of walk in and then I've got my hat down and, you know, the eyeballs fall out of the, <laughs> out of the glasses. <laughs> and everyone's there just cracking up laughing, you know. That, and that's what I wanted, you know. It's yeah. like I wear them for a reason, and, yeah. you know. Don't get defensive. It's not about you. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that, that sort of broke yeah. the ice with the boys, eh? Yeah, and they, they're still scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did he actually take his eyeballs out of someone's skull? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he did. With a spoon. <laughs> Mate, obviously uh, now back in Wellington, uh, back with PK. You know, what's, still on what's, the hill. Yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> still on okay. the hill. How do we go past that? You, Club nationals. <laughs> you pit, you pitched last year. I'm not going to say your age. This year, this season, <laughs> just gone. Yes. Same age this year, anyway. Right. Um, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> well, what do you mean? Did I did I do it right or not do it right? Oh, we're not talking about performance. We're like, oh, Kazi, don't want to pull a muscle or something. What were you? No, muscles, knees okay? muscles were good. Yeah, knees were okay. Yeah, no one hit me in the knees, so that no was okay. Cramp? Cramp? Yeah. No, no, no cramp. No old man's cramp. 
just the old the old shoulder stiffened up as yeah. as it does. Um, but once again, you know, we, we only had one pitcher, and I, I saw that at the start of the season that mm. you know, Riley was Riley was going to be our main pitcher. So, mm. and you know, to be fair, he had a pretty big workload uh, yeah. this this season, and yeah. it was more about giving him a rest at the yeah. club national. So mm. I don't mind going out there taking a bashing, mate. That's all good. Oh, you look pretty good out there, man. I, I got to say, uh, um, watching you really play well. now, man, it's it's been a tr- it's a, it was always a treat to watch you in your career. But watching you now, I, 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 I not so much watch you, man. I watch the crowd. Now, when you come up to bat and, and stuff, like, people stop, man. People watch, you know, and, it, and it's one of those things, you know, because they don't know how long they're going to get to see it for, uh, and the, and it's a real treat. Do do you feel that? No, because once again, I'm just going out there to win to try out my team win. Yeah, you know. Yeah, nowadays I don't really care if I get struck out or yeah. or ground down or pop up because um, I know I get three chances. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or, or two more depends on betting in the lineup. Yeah, funny the way you're saying that. I got a nudge from Crispy on commentary because I stopped instead and I was doing the play by play. So probably shouldn't do that in future. You know, <laughs> please keep betting. No. Oh, fantastic man! Pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. With all things instead of done, but uh, coaching, where would you like to take it to? <laughs> so the grin uh, All those uh, You know I'm Pretty in, um, Impressed with that Women's College World Series At the moment yep. So yeah. Wouldn't that be something eh Yeah Get another Kiwi over there Yep Alongside Trav Or yeah. you know, Hey Let's get someone out there Yeah 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 mm. well, Obviously coaching is something That you enjoy Yeah Yeah And yep. you obviously have a lot to give We've seen every team That you've been involved with mm. Man perform at the highest level uh, and winning titles or, or consistently right at the very top at Echelon. And you're right, I mean, when you look at the, the college world, uh, college system over there, we've mm. got a couple of really good coaches over there. Obviously, Travis with uh, um, with Florida State, uh, Michael White doing an amazing job now yep. with Texas Longhorns. Yep. Uh, Steve Roberts is, is working over there in the system too. Mm. So uh, there's it, a few Kiwis involved. A few Kiwis. I mean, Jeremy Manley's over there too. Yeah. Uh, Mike Roberts. So mm. there's a sprinkling around, yeah. you know, so... I'm pretty sure you know one day we'll we'll see a, a few more Kiwis in the in the dugout. It'll be be good to see on TV as well. What about coaching men's teams? Yeah, we'll we'll stick with PK and then we'll we'll start start from there again. <laughs> okay, I was trying to throw you under the bus for the stood, a, stood down from Wellington now. Isn't there a new? Yeah, we'll, we'll start at PK, Damien. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you already coached there, don't you? Yeah. No. True, true, true. Yeah. Uh, awesome, Thomas, uh, uh, mate. Um, also, back, uh, Sopo New Zealand ran a thing about player of the decade. You were voted uh, the player of the decade for the 2000s True. for uh, Sopo New Zealand. How did that uh, feel, bud? <laughs> oh, yeah, surprise, really. Um, you know, there's some other great softballers that yeah. I was up against. Um, obviously, it wasn't my vote, it was um, Sopo New Zealand's vote. Yeah. So, um, to be voted, yeah, um, yeah, awesome, awesome. Surely it's only a matter of time, my friend, before you make uh, the Sopo New Zealand Hall of Fame and, of course, the WBSC, which used to be the ISF, but the uh, WBSC Hall of Fames, those are those are definitely on their way. But one thing that may be not on their way... 21 retired. Oh. oh too soon? He starts the podcast with it. He wants to get doing with it. No, because uh, is, uh, is your nickname, Larry. You said don't, don't tell anyone. Keep them guessing. Oh, do we? Yes, she does. Oh, sooner or later, you got to tell us the story. How did you get the nickname Larry? Larry. Oh, okay. Um, once again, <laughs> pretty simple. Um, I, I think anyway, um, just playing in the Hawks Bay. Um, probably come from a, 
uh, a few chats around the table from a couple of our older guys, uh, Chub Tangaroa, um, player coach, and then you know, Chris Hill and a bunch of our other old boys as well. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, they used to talk in riddles back in the day about, mm. um, um, you know, let's go for a pig's ear, which means yeah. let's have a beer and, you yeah. know, Everyone used to talk like that, mm. and mm. it was hard for me to understand what they were talking about. Yeah, um, you know, um, uh, yeah, those Cockney rhymes, no shit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, they started calling me Oak and Carry, just you yeah. know, just throughout the the Hawks Bay softball scene, and then that somehow formed into Larry, Larry the Mary. Ah, there you uh, go, Oak, Oak and Carry. Yeah. Came so, to Larry, yeah. so there you go, and that stuck your whole career, Larry. Obviously, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you can't come up with nicknames like that anymore, can you, Larry the Mary? You know what? You can do what you like. Well, they had Jeff. They had Jeff the Mary. <laughs> Jeff yeah. the Mary. Yeah. yeah. So it was just you know. I think I might have been on before Jeff the Mary. Actually. Sure. Yeah. A little Larry Mary. <laughs> you were indeed. But you know, I, I was, you know, back in the day, hey, I used to turn up to to trainings and and. Uh, we used to meet for for cheers back in the day. Chopper, yeah, you know, dress shirts, or be polo shirts, pink polo shirts, jeans mm. or dress pants, you know, yeah. pink polo shirts, pink polo shirts. Yeah, that was yeah. the cheers. Um, oh, yeah, sponsor. And, yeah, cheers sponsor. Mm. NBA feet, <laughs> <laughs> dress jeans, pink, That's how it pink was. polo, NBA feet. Bro. Love it. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that's the only way to have your soft drinks these days. It's hence, uh, you know, the nickname, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Gary. Love it. That's you, Larry. Okay, Gary, that's you, <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, well, but Damien's got something for you here. Is it time? Well, as the second prestigious member of the all-world team to be sitting on the couch, it's your turn, mate. You've, you're the coach, you're the selector, you're the manager. There's a couple of positions left. Yeah, a couple of positions. You're in left. Um, Let's just remind our uh, listeners on, on who's gone so far. Of course. Uh, of course, yourself uh, was nominated by B-Man uh, in episode B-Man. two at Centrefield. Uh, and uh, in episode one, Wayne Laulu picked Heine Shannon on the hill. Uh, then can we, of seven up. Yeah. <laughs> Bottle. Mountain Dew. Yeah. Mountain Dew, sorry. Uh, we had uh, Mark Sorensen uh, picking Colin Abbott. Out at Rightfield, an amazing Canadian hitter, as you would know, uh, Colin Abbott. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had uh, Nathan Nukunuku uh, picking Andrew Kirkpatrick uh, at first base and maybe coming as a relief pitcher, he said. Uh, and um, and Patrick Shannon um, giving one for his mate there behind the dish, Mark Sorensen. Oh, of course he had to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a couple of backup pitchers there, actually. A couple, yeah. couple of good guys out there, too. You know, Colin Abbott, great hitter. Uh, cheese, you know, all-round athlete. And the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of spots left there, bud. DP, second base, shortstop, left field, third base. Which one would you like? But you can pick anyone from any era. Take your pick. Uh, and you're the coach. I think well, we're going to share our, our love to our American brothers um, overseas. Uh, and I'm going to pick a, a middle infield spot, probably second base. Um, I've played with this guy and against this guy for years. Uh, outstanding glove. Uh, He's a switch hitter too, you know, so hits for power both sides of the plate. Uh, can play the short game. And, um, you know, he was actually quite old when I sort of finished my career with him and he was still going 100% and, you know, probably late 40s or mid 40s at least anyway. Um, 
Awesome guy, awesome guy. So second base, I'm going to choose Todd Schultz. Nice. There you go, man, coming together. So the official pick uh, by Thomas Mark here at second base uh, from the USA is none other than... Todd Schultz. Todd Schultzy. Schultzy. Love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, Thomas, that's a, that's a trick, man. And talking about the time in the States, the time of the socks, dude, just a couple of things I guess I, I always like to hear about, man. Where, where was, who were some of the characters you got to play with? Oh, probably uh, uh, early 2000s. Uh, lived with this guy in the, in the States as well, so I lived with him for a couple of years. Took me under his wing. Uh, was Dean Jordan. Yeah. Um, one of those guys that you need on your team where, um, you know, you just sort of, everything's all tight and tense and he comes out with some classic, I don't know, stories or, or things that he does, you know, just to break the ice of the team, um, the team clown, obviously. And um, I, I think he might have pissed off a few of the coaches over his time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's Dino. That's yeah. Dino to a T. Uh, great guy, I love him. And uh, awesome, awesome teammate. Best prank you ever come across playing ball? Best prank? Oh, there's, there's probably a couple of good ones, actually, yeah. Because be you're fair. a bit of a sneaky prankster, man. Oh, on the D-low. Yes, D-lo. but this, definitely on the D-low. This one actually happened to me, which I thought yep. was pretty damn good. Anyway, we were um, 2000, so we're in the in a build-up for the World Series in South Africa, but we're in Canada. And um, we had like a two-hour bus ride to one of our games playing a team or doubleheader. And uh, so we all travel and you know, shorts and t-shirt, and then get to the changing rooms and get changed, you know, before the game. Anyway, we're having lunch before we're about to get changed, and so it's time to get changed and go in the changing rooms. And uh, these all the uniforms all folded up and you know nicely stacked. You know, these your pants, these your top. Cool. Go to put the pants on, hey, and, and someone had sewn the legs together, <laughs> or you, you just couldn't get, get your, your foot in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And anyway, we had like gangs, you know, two gangs on that on that tour, and um, obviously my gang sort of, yeah, we were cut a bit short and couldn't get our legs in the pants, and yeah, oh, that was probably one of the best ones, Topper. <laughs> we did it. Yeah, that was the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Damien, have a listen to the, some of these stats uh, for Thomas's uh, career, man. Uh, simply, simply outstanding. Uh, his career over, as we know, 20 years uh, his career with the Black Sox. 153 games in total and 129 test caps is simply outstanding. But it's the the other stats that are in behind it that really, uh, for me, kind of stand out. But, you know, it's just shy of uh, 500 uh, plate appearances uh, for the Black Sox. Um, You got hit 17 times. Yeah, so they reckon. <laughs> does, it, does it feel like more? <laughs> <laughs> about 134 hits, uh, 25 doubles, 28 home runs, about 127 RBIs, um, 18 stolen bases. It's pretty quick, man. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. But a career batting average, uh, Damien, listen to this, man. Over 20 years for the Golden Homes Black Sox of three. 34. Congratulations, Sue. Cheers, bro. Pretty, pretty impressive. On that side, man, long time with the Sox. Who was the go-to? You were when they read out the team list. Who were you hoping was in your roomie list? 
It's definitely 193 games as well. 193. Yeah, I knew it was a lot. It's definitely. Damn. Mm. Jezza. Jezza. Everyone wants Jezza. Why is that? But you got to beat Jezza to sleep. Oh. Or else he wakes you up. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, good man, good man, Jezza. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, yeah. Old, old snoring parts like, bro, come on. <laughs> You're a good roomie until you get to that stage. It's, you need to put the uh, push the cork down harder on the red wine. <laughs> Maybe you won't snore so much. Well, just it. keep it away. <laughs> yeah. Nah, nah, it's hitting juice as much as you like, buddy. But yeah, you know, you, you learn a lot by, you know, chatting to your, yep. your roommate, um, talking softball, talking life. And, uh, you know, he was one of those guys there all the uh, time. Untidiest roomie? Hmm. Someone's getting under the bus right here. <laughs> Probably Wayne, I think. Hey? <laughs> so you had to, had to teach him a few things uh, along the way when he was a young fella. Yeah. Nah, sorry, Wayne. <laughs> no, he's done. <laughs> one of your mates uh, from back in the day, Rana Tawaki, was one of my uh, first roomies working with Hawks Bay. Man, he kept the room immaculate. You name it, everything was done. Yeah. With one of the best roomies I've ever had. Yeah. I heard a lot of stories about you being like that as a roomie. Oh yeah, you know you gotta keep keep your house nice and tidy and yeah. keep your uniform hung up or folded up, you know yeah. whatever the case may be. So you know you're about to get into it the next day and make sure the boots are clean and everything's tickety boo ready to go. You know, always always the night before, so you're not rushing around and you know, you chill out and worry about your game. Is there something you picked up from someone? Because you're not the first person that's been prepped the day before, like game day is game day focus, all that stuff, all your stuff, all the little things done the night before. Oh, yeah, you know, you're on tour for those yeah. couple of weeks back in the 90s and, you know, you pick up on those things along the way. So right across the board, really, you know, everyone's sort of turning into that now or right. you know, has been in the prep. past anyway yep. in terms of prep. And, and, and that's part of your prep, yep. you know, part of your game prep. Well, Thomas, man, it's been a complete pleasure to have you uh, here on the couch, me on the digger. Thank you so much for taking your time, mate. Your career has been simply outstanding uh, and what you've done for the game, not just uh, as an athlete, but now obviously in the coaching role and passing it on. But, you know, some of the experiences, uh, you know, that I've been lucky enough to see uh, coming through, one, as teammates um, when we were snotty-nosed Māori kids running around <laughs> with hard any shoes. Yeah, and to watching you play on the biggest stage, you know, it's been a, it's been a treat to do that, and and thank you so much for just being here and sharing sharing that with us. Yeah, I mean, hey, thanks for having me, Chopper, uh, Damien. Thanks for welcoming me into your into your office, into your fuddy. Uh, it's been been pretty cool here tonight, and, and that's what it's all about, you know, sharing my experiences that I've had, you know, over the years, and um, it'll be good too to actually hear from a different generation in, in terms of softballers, you know, because. I'm pretty sure the likes of Chubby or Walter, you know, they've got they've got some pretty cool cool stories to to share as well, and you know, sharing the knowledge, you know, passing on, and cool man. Good point. Absolutely, Chub tongue at all. Let's get him booked sure. in. Don't we have him booked up? <laughs> We're working on it. Oh, that's okay. for sure. Yeah, I like We're taking it. it on the road. Idea, Are yeah. we going to Hooksman? I think we should do that. I, mean, I tell you what, if we oh. go up there, he's going to give us some kind of one. Oh, I no can't doubt. wait, mate. No doubt. We'll do yeah. a couple in Auckland, and then we'll go down there. Down the country. I love Sounds it. Sounds like a take. And what a great recommendation. Well, there you go. It's Thomas Markia, 20-year career with the Golden Homes Black Sox. A career batting average of 334. Second most test-capped uh, player for the Golden Homes Black Sox as well. He's won everything, not only in Hooks Bay, but also Wellington and around the world at the IC level. A true legend in our game and simply one of the best. Still doing it 
on the hill, believe it or not. <laughs> Fuck you. Hall of Famer at the ISC, Hall of Fame at the Hawks Bay Sports Awards as well, and only a matter of time for Softball New Zealand and the WBSC give you that honour as well. Thank you, Thomas. Cheers, Chopper. Cheers, Demi. Thank you, bro. I know you got an early morning to get up at uh, 10 past five in the morning. 10 past five, 50 minutes to six there. Damien, <laughs> go the Blues. <laughs> See, I didn't even talk about the Santa Roger once. Fuck ya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, Damien, uh, Thomas Mark here, man. What a legend. Absolutely, mate. Well, I don't know Thomas. I, I, I know him as a player. I know the career stats. I know the accomplishments and what I've seen from the outside, but I don't know him as a person. And today I got to meet him as a person. And I'm stoked. What a what a great guy with with such a storied history, such a, such a, a, a career that... Yeah, he's still giving back and still in those positions to do to go forward that he hasn't, you know, completely left the game yet. It's, mate, it was awesome. Appreciate it. Oh, without a doubt, man. Just, you know, he's done everything in the walk of life of softball. You know, mm. he started from grassroots uh, there in Hooks Bay, uh, reached uh, national honours, junior, then senior for, you know, such a long period of time. And, you know, we started the podcast talking about his shirt number. Mm. I mean, that's the type of career he had. To deserve to talk about shit number one. <laughs> I don't know how else to put this. I want softball New Zealand to retire some numbers. I want them to respect those players that have played in those jerseys, wearing those numbers for twenty odd years. You know, Larry's one of those people. Second like, highest not, test caps ever, mate. Tech, second highest test caps ever. One hundred and eighty-three appearances for the for the Sox. One hundred and forty-three caps. You know, like there's. Four, four gold medals. Four gold medals, you know. Didn't miss a World Cup while he was in the jersey. You know, like, these are all, all these things. And these are the other things about him, the learnings. You know, the way that he might have come second, but he walked away and he adjusted and he took it on board and he learned from it and walked forward, you know. A lot of people don't do those anymore. You know, they, 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 they get a loss and they... Oh, you know, and they, they keep on going on their same track and, and hope a bit better the next time. But every time he, he had a downfall, you know, that was a learning. That's the way he spun it, and that's what I really appreciate listening to him. Yeah, same, buddy. I'll be honest with you, I could listen to him for, for, for ages. And, you know, it was really cool because I knew that he's become somebody who can speak really well. Uh, not a lot of people did, so they would have mm. been surprised by um, they know how well he is uh, an orator these days. So I'm smart here. Um, I mean, an amazing player, now an amazing speaker, an inspirational person. He, you know, it's it's no strange feat that he's become a great coach. And, uh, and of course, that coaching career, man, it's it's still in its infancy. He's got some great things to come, you know. Wherever that goes to, kind of joked with him a little bit about, you know, which team is next type thing. You know, I guess, theoretically, if you took production line, it goes 19s or 18s, whatever it is, 23 socks, right? That's kind of the production line of how it works. You'd hope. Right, but yeah. you, you just you just never know when is the right time no. to bring him in. We know he'd right, make an, he'd make an amazing Black Sox coach. You know, he even talked through the spanner, uh, not spanner, a bone out there that... Um, you know, what about coaching college softball in the States? You know? Yeah. And because he's he's capable. That's yeah. the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So interesting times ahead for Thomas Mark. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, but it gets even more interesting, though, as we head towards Tokyo. 
Absolutely. not far away now, bud. And uh, as we saw uh, last week, uh, the first sporting team arrived in uh, in Japan, and sure did. that was the Australian softball team. Absolutely. So they were the first. Man, boy, did the media go crazy over that, didn't yeah, they? They loved it. Yeah, it was the whole whole world was aware that uh, Australia had touched down in Tokyo, the first um, of the softballers in, 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 the, in the mix that have, have touched down in Tokyo. But, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see them start rolling in now. We're almost game time uh, in that mix. And, um, yeah, no, we've got we've got a... We're building up just as much as they are. We sure are, but we've got an amazing lineup for you. Of course, there's going to be a heavy uh, influence of the Olympics coming up over the next month to six weeks uh, of podcasts coming out from us. We will mix in a couple of the men uh, as well in there to keep the balance. But, you know, up first, we talked about uh, um, Australia. We've got Stacey Porter. We're going to get one of the other players to join her in that podcast. That's not next week, that's the week after. Awesome. But coming up next week, then, is the current reigning world champions. Yeah. Wow. U- yeah. U- USA in the house, bud. We've got uh, their, uh, one of the leadoff hitters, Hayley uh, McClenney. She's the outfielder for USA. And Valerie Oroto. She is uh, the power hitting first base mm. uh, for USA. We're going to have both of them next week here on Beyond the Dugout. Man, I'm really looking forward to that. We sure are. Time time zones are corrected and everything. We're going to get down. We're going to put them on the on the screen and and uh, try and you know get some get some learnings because hey mate, if you want to learn anything about women's softball, I know we've had a couple stellar people in our country where uh, play the game, but I mean, does it get any bigger than the states? It, it doesn't, does it? Don't, don't get me wrong, because this game is played all yeah, around the world. Absolutely, yeah, and, no disrespect. And, but, you know, the States are one of the pinnacle world uh, leaders, uh, without a doubt, and there's no surprise that them Japan have been at the top of the totem pole yep. for quite a while now. Um, but we get a chance to find out from these two ladies, Haley and, and Valerie, on, you know, how's softball played for you as a junior? You know, where did you start? Was it dad, mum? You, know, uh, um, you know, at what age? And I also want to know, I want to know the background, not just the background of, of mum and dad and what age, but I want to know, is it really like we're here, you know, like, is it 200 kids getting up at stupid o'clock in the morning and getting up and doing their skills training and, you know, is it their lifestyle to reach that pinnacle? Does it start as a kid? Like, what, almost like a factory, like, I just want to, I want to learn how the America uh, works, you America. know, and, and these, these ladies are going to tell us because they've been in, been in those systems for a while. Exactly, and then of course what it's like at the top echelon, mm. you know, when, when does, yes, when I does, mean, yeah, when does yeah, when does the identification camp start? Yeah. Uh, when does the the pathway of playing for USA um, start? And and then now being Absolutely. at the pinnacle, yeah. what is it like? What's what's the environment like? What's the expectation like? Well, you hear you hear the rumors, you know that that it's set like you know seven eight years old where they how they how are they going to go to university? All right softball you're good at softball okay that's how you're going to go to university you're good at football you're good at lacrosse you're good at whatever you know that is their ticket in america isn't it like to get that bit of paper after your four years by paying your dues by playing a sport now not a lot of us have those opportunities to do it there's a lot of great girls in this country that have got to do it over the last few years but we're going to talk to two people that have been in those systems that have gone through those systems and are now you know at the highest level 
the top woman's team in the world, basically, you know, going to the Olympics. Oh, I just can't wait to hear all the ins and outs. The big thing, question, finding out the answer to this one, man, is the last time softball was in the Olympics, it was mm. in China, Beijing, Japan win. Mm. Olympic gold. This time, it's hosted in Japan. Yes. Can USA erase that defeat from 2008? <laughs> Got, got some payback there. Oh, Ooh, I bet you they've been babe. building up for the last few years. To like, let's it go. Is on. Yeah, I, I tell I you, bet. man. It is on. So, yeah, we've got them coming up next week. We've got Australia coming up the week after. We'll take a break with the men after that. Then we've got Mark Paulius. And then. Yeah, yeah, yes, our of course. Guy. Yeah, our guy going to the Olympics too. Flat uh, fantasy. Uh, um, there as well. And then we're going to have Canada uh, in the week just before the first game at the Olympics. So it's going to be, man, it's going to be exciting times to get the inside, inside scoop of what's happening there. Man, we're not there with the media pass at the Olympic Games with the five rings, I remember. Um, but, mate, the fact that we have reached out to these people and they've been so open about coming on the show and yep. a future date to talk about the Olympics, while they're pretty much in the Olympic mode, mate, it's special. And I'm so glad that we've got this as part of our... Uh, schedule going going forward with the Olympic Games and fast pitch being a part of it. Fantastic. Looking forward to you guys joining us going forward as well. That'll do us here on Beyond the Dugout for episode 10. Thomas Markia, what a legend he was. And it's next week, June 25, when we'll have USA's Hayley McKinney and Valerie Ori Otto here on Beyond the Dugout. On behalf of Damien Collins, I've been Jason Goobies, aka Chopper. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Kakete and retire 21. See Be on the dugout. Listen up, and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't want to face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Do it for your teammates. Do it for the fam. Do it for your city. True ballers understand. You got to work together. You got to find a way. Put your body on the line and make that play. Be on the dugout. Lace them up and we run out Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this Hit it so hard, you be running around the face Be on the dugout Be on the dugout Be on the dugout Be on the dugout